guys. Call it, Captain. All right, listen up. Until we can close that portal, our priority is containment. Barton, I want you on that roof. Eyes on everything. Call out patterns and strays. Stark, you've got the perimeter. Anything gets more than three blocks out, you turn it back or you turn it to ash. Then give me a lift. Right. Better clench up, Legolas. Thor, you gotta try and bottleneck that portal. Slow him down. You got the lightning. Light the bastards up. You and me, we stay here on the ground. We keep the fighting here. And Hulk. <sighs> Smash. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC. And we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com. And tonight, we have another momentous top five episodes these are huge you guys love these and we do too and we put the prompt out we asked you this week what are your top five battle scenes can be from movies from tv shows i mean even from books and stuff like that i mean really anything goes video games like whatever is out there throw it at us and we'll talk about it and give us your top fives. A lot of you already have. If you're in the chat right now, of course, please uh, throw them down there so we can include them in our show notes before the end of the night. But, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of lists. We've also got our own list. Well, at least some of us do. I, I, I don't. I, I just I, – I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. So uh, sometime in the next hour or so, I will have a list ready to go for you guys before the end of the show. But before we get into any of that, of course – Introductions are in order. My name is Ben, and joining me, it is our good friend and co-host, Mr. Jake Damon. Jake, what's going on with you? What's up, Ben? What's up, everybody? Not a whole lot going on with me today, except for the fact that I have a nice little three-day weekend. Uh, oh, I mean, we yeah. all do, kind of. We, you know, we got Labor Day coming up. And, um, my wife actually is up visiting her family this weekend. So I have a couple days, uh, with the apartment to myself, which is nice. So I've been watching movies and I literally, as soon as she left, ordered a pizza for myself <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm ready to party <laughs> a party of one <laughs> bachelor life again. Yeah, and I am very happy that I get to party for a few hours tonight with you guys. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a week. It's been a mm-hmm. week, and uh, it, it's it's always been a week. It's been a week for the last six months. It's just yeah. been a heck of a ride. Twenty twenty but... has been a week. Twenty twenty, the worst decade ever. Worst oh decade goodness. ever. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to try to make it all better tonight, talking top five battle scenes, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, really quick, want to go back and discuss something we talked about last week. Of course, kind of tying in to the whole FU 2020 thing <laughs> and how horrible this year is. Um, you guys heard last week. Uh, we reacted pretty much live on air as we were recording. The news came out that the legendary Chadwick Boseman had passed away from cancer. And it shocked us. It genuinely, I think you could probably get our, me and Zach's reaction to that was uh, very real because I was stunned. I'm, I'm still pretty well stunned as far as like just it happening and it coming out of nowhere and happening to such a prolific individual, someone who had such an impact in such a short amount of time and obviously all of his great roles, Black Panther. Um, but Jake, you weren't able to be with us last week. I want to give you just a couple minutes to say your respects to Chadwick. And, you know, obviously I think he means a lot to so many people and, you know, it it was heartbreaking to hear the news. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, it was shocking for me. I mean, I know it was shocking for everybody, but like I, I was on, my computer i think and i saw a notification come up in the top right corner because sometimes i get notifications news notifications emails that type of thing and the first thing i saw was the name chadwick boseman and i it said chadwick boseman uh age i think he was 30 or, uh, i'm sorry 42 or 43, 43 yeah 43 yep um had passed away and at first i was like that's a that's got to be a joke, right? Like a scam or something like, uh, cause there's sometimes... been so many of those over the years. Yeah. Like you'll hear like, you know, like, Oh yeah. You know, this person, you know, died or whatever. And always oh, false alarm. And it, it, to me, it looked like that at first. I'm like, yes. there's just no way. This is totally unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, sometimes a, a lesser known news site or newspaper or whatever will run something with bad information. It turns out it was, you know, just a retweet from somebody who had started this scam or whatever. And, uh, yeah, but then I looked up and saw that it was from the New York times and I was like, Oh man. Um, and yeah, he, he passed away from cancer. I, I think it was colon cancer. Was that right? Yes. I believe you're correct. Yeah, and it's crazy because it, to my knowledge, isn't something that really a lot of people were aware of. And I forget where I read it, but I don't think anybody who was involved in in the you know the MCU at all actors or, or I'm sure some some uh, crew members had to have known just for medical reasons. But um, it, it was for the most part pretty under wraps. You know, it wasn't really publicized and. I got to say, I, I really respect Chadwick Boseman for for not making that his. I mean, not not that somebody shouldn't, you know, but he he made it a point that that wasn't the important thing. The important thing was using his acting talents and his abilities um, to transform into these characters to to strengthen the you know the black community and to uh, make films and art that that reflected who you know the black community was and could be and is and has been and and i read a story that he he had been offered a role in a a movie as as a slave i think and 
he turned it down because not not because you know that didn't happen or he didn't want to uh shed light on that or anything like that he he wanted to take a role instead that wasn't a stereotype like that he and he wanted to 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 be someone or something that could be a um you know in a different light basically painting the black community in a different light and you know he's in he's in movies like 42 you know i mean he's more than just black panther black panther is obviously a standout um and he was so good as as black panther i anytime i watch um black panther or uh civil war infinity war endgame i'm always going to from now on um appreciate his involvement in those movies because he brought such a, a great aspect and and point of view to that and really strengthened the mcu but like i said he's been in so many other movies as well um and i'm ashamed to say i haven't seen any of them uh but i am going to change that as soon as i can because um because i i think they deserve to be watched and he deserves to be seen and um yeah he meant so much to so many people he will be sorely missed and um yeah just just way too young to die yeah, and you know you're talking about you know the fact the the fact that he chose to keep this completely under wraps, completely mm-hmm. personal to him. You know the fact that what he had to deal with and what he was the, the success the success he was seeing while doing all this, like you know he I believe I heard he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016. That's yeah, the, that's the same year that. He debuted as Black Panther in Captain America: Civil War, right? And you can imagine, like this, like not just culturally bringing that character to the big screen, but like personally, like that had to be a massive, you know, just huge moment for his career and for his life. And yeah. like, I don't think I really knew who Chadwick Boseman is before Black Panther. So that definitely put him on a map with me and a lot of different people. And then going forward, you know, doing uh, 21 Bridges. uh, There was another movie, I think, Marshall. um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. Infinity War, Endgame, like, and Black Panther itself. Like, all these movies, while he was in the background dealing with this horrible horrible disease that was literally killing him and yeah. and I read a thing about the fact that I think he up until the basically just a few weeks before he passed away he believed he would be able to come back and and do the role and yeah. and apparently no one at Marvel knew not a soul wow. not even Kevin Feige knew of his condition which I didn't even know that is just crazy but you know it, it it's amazing how they he he did not i think you know there's a lot to be said about that i think what i take away from that is like he didn't want the pity of it he mm-hmm. just wanted to just kind of hope and pray that it was going to go away but you know still wanted to live his life and have this you know career that was amazing yeah. in the short amount of time that he had he did some amazing things yeah. and it's heartbreaking now that you know he's no longer with us and all the 
all the Chadwick Boseman movies that are never going to get made now, not counting yeah. Black Panther 2, the new Avengers movies, all this kind of stuff that obviously T'Challa was going to be a huge part of that, um, now is not. So it's yeah. so, so heartbreaking. Feel for his family and everyone that knew him because he just was like all, you hear all these messages from people that actually knew him like he seemed like you know a genuine like such a wonderful person on top of being such an incredible talent yes for sure and you know not to bring negativity into this at all but like when you have sites like screen rant which i'm sure you saw their wonderful right. article they put out like hours after the news broke that was just so distasteful about uh, you know, like what what will Marvel Studios do now without uh you know an actor to play Black Panther? And I'm like, really, you can't wait like two or three months to post something like that. That's it's yeah, it's ridiculous. so so filthy. Like everyone, do do me a personal favor, go block Screen Rant right now on all your social medias. Do that for me, please, because yeah. they're a garbage site for doing that. And and there was a lot of discourse. We talked about it last week. How like people immediately went to the whole, like, recast, don't recast. I'm like, let's not talk about this right now. Like, let's not. Like, let let the man rest. Like, the, he, he the was... The movies are the, the the least important part of this story. Right, it's, it's right, exactly. It's person like person they were... And I understand, I understand. We take this stuff very, very seriously. I, I am, you know, as much as I'm, you know devastated at Chadwick Boseman's loss I'm also devastated that we're not going to get more of him as Black Panther but mm. that is just a just a small part of this like it's tiny it's so insignificant and yeah I have some thoughts about maybe what Marvel should do it doesn't make any damn difference because yeah. I don't have any say in that and I don't want to discuss that right now I just we just need to remember this guy for who he was as a person not as a fictional character or whatever because you know, that's just, it's not the right time, guys. It's not. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I hope people will just like, okay, just, that will come in due time. I don't envy those at Marvel. I do not. Because they yes. have an impossible task. of Not only losing a colleague, a friend, someone they obviously were very close to, but also losing, you know, someone who was just going to lead their franchises. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman was going to be top build in the next Avengers movies and all this kind of stuff and the fact that that's not going to happen now is so heartbreaking but still tiny 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 problems compared to the loss and everyone's feeling right now so uh exactly it's horrible it, yeah well I was just gonna say it is interesting to think like what Marvel Studios will do now um but I'm I'm sure they'll do uh, I'm sure they'll move on in a in a very tasteful way and I'm I've got to assume that Black Panther 2 is going to include a uh you know in memory of Chadwick Boseman uh card somewhere um yeah. which which will be really nice to see. Yeah. And and just I mean just speaking on that like I I saw a read a report I can't remember where it was but they were talking about like the whole Marvel side of this and the fact that this is really unprecedented. Like, mm -hmm. you know, obviously there's been actors that have been, you know, lead roles that have, I mean, most famously like Heath Ledger, like yeah. he finished his role, might have come back if Heath had not passed away as the Joker, but like having someone of such high profile losing them 
Mm-hmm. And it's just and and just the cultural impact of that, like that character was so huge, is so huge. Like Still, yeah, you see Black memes. Panther everywhere. You see people wearing Black Panther T-shirts. Like that character means so much to so many people, black and white. Like yeah. obviously, it's a huge hero for African Americans and Africans. But you know, also. I'm a white dude. I love Black Panther. Like, I love Black Panther, the movie, and the character. I wanted to see more of that. So, like, yeah. you know, it is it is a tremendous loss. So let's just mourn right now. Mourn this guy that ends, like I said last week, like, if any of us can have just the slightest, just the tiniest bit of impact that uh, Chadwick Boseman had on the world, then we might be doing pretty good because he left an indelible mark on the world we live in. He will be remembered long after any of us will be remembered. Like, seriously, this guy is yeah. etched into history, um, and rightfully so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, not to bring down the house, I, I know we needed to, you know, uh, of course, Wakanda forever to yes. T'Challa, to Chadwick Boseman, but uh, we do have a bit more of the show to do tonight. And it, I mean, there might actually be some Black Panther in these lists. I think I, 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 I see one right now in the first list um, mm-hmm. because uh, these are battle scenes. And as I said off the top, battle scenes, and for those, who, I like throwing things out there to people and seeing how they interpret it because not yes. everyone interprets it the same way. But my general idea of battle scenes is a giant battle two armies going at it. You know, we've done one-on-one fights before, and that's like one person, one person, they're dueling, they're with lightsabers or fists or whatever. Um, I would more classify this as, as you're about to hear, you know, Battle of Helm's Deep, you know, Battle of Hoth, all these different things. So I think most everyone's on the same page. There's a few options, and those are always interesting. So we'll get to those when we get to those. But uh, I'll go ahead and start it off with our... Good buddy and patron who we just saw a few days ago. Heck me and yeah. you, Joey Mays from Mays Sandwich Shop. Um, mm-hmm. He lists his as uh, number five, Battle of Gettysburg, day three, Cemetery Ridge slash Pickett's Charge from Gettysburg. That mm-hmm. sounds awesome. Um, and I just mentioned it. Number four, Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Um, number three, Scarif Battle from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That is so good. <laughs> Oh, it's a yeah. great choice. Um, number two, final battle in Avengers Endgame. Boom. Been seeing those amazing little reaction videos from the theater mm-hmm. and people losing their minds when Black the, Panther steps out of the portal. Like, yeah, so good. The, the, those reaction videos get me so hyped. Like, I've seen that scene so many times, and still, when I watch those reaction videos, like, it's like I'm there in the theater again, and it just m- reminds me, like, this is why we go to the movies. It's so fun. And it, it also, like, you can't help but, like, watch Infinity War and Endgame through new eyes now that we yeah. know that's going to be the last appearance of Chadwick Boseman. And it's almost, I don't know, it's almost perfect the way, like, he's, gives such a great performance in that and he's such a pivotal has some pivotal moments in both those movies. Absolutely. Oh, man. So so good. And also, uh he says number one, D Day landing from the opening of Saving Private Ryan. I think you're that's not gonna be the last time we hear from Saving Private Ryan. And uh of course Joey gets top billing on every 
single one of our top five episodes, just like every other patron of ours, because, well, they give us money, all right? They actually keep the show going. They contribute their cold, hard cash to keeping the lights on here, so we can't thank them enough. Of course, you can find us at uh, ipcpodcast.podbean.com and uh, go over to the patron tab, and you can contribute your money. You get some cool features, some cool exclusives, and also you get mentioned first here on the top fives. So that's always a good thing. And then uh, moving on to the Peacekeeper Corps, and we yes. got Mr. Kenny Crayley Jr. What did Kenny have to say? Well, Kenny uh, has a really good list here. Number five, The Battle of Hoth from The Empire Strikes Back. Number four, Superman versus the three, three supervillains from Superman 2. Ah. Uh, three, The Battle of Yavin from Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Two, No Man's Land from Wonder Woman 2017. And number one, Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader from The Empire Strikes Back. See, that Kenny, is a great Kenny, list. Kenny uh, took some liberties with, with, the, uh, with the meaning. And uh, that's totally fine. That's totally it's, fine because those are great. Those are great battles. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think a battle can be large amounts of people. It can be one on one. I don't know. I feel like it. It can be pretty. Uh, you know, there's a wide range of meanings, but I'll accept it personally. Um, and you know what? It's cool that you have you know three Star Wars scenes made it into your top five. Two from the same movie. That 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 says a lot about the movie i think yeah and there are some scenes like one in particular that i thought of that like crossover like have the big battle but also a smaller battle and one that i thought of was uh dark knight rises where bane and batman go out in the street yeah and all the cops are like there's a big like showdown in the street but then bane and batman are kind of going at it by themselves kind yep. of kind of a crossover there so like that's a that's a that's a loophole you could some of you guys could take over. I don't know if any of you have yet, but we're gonna we're gonna see in just yeah. a second. Um, but uh, our good buddy Robin Glader, also a member of the Peacekeeper Corps, he says, "I'm gonna set myself a couple rules." See, he's setting rules himself. We don't give you any rules, but he, Robin <laughs> is setting himself up with some rules. He says, "Firstly, I'm going to exclude space battles because I feel they need their own list." That's actually a very good point. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I'm going to limit myself to one per battle per franchise because, let's face it. It's otherwise, this list would all be Star Wars battles. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Robin. Yeah. So uh, he says, uh, number five, Omaha Beach from Save It Private Ryan. Uh, number four, the attack on the Cylon base in the finale of Ronald D. Moore's Battlestar Galactica Daybreak. Wow, deep cut. Um, number three, No Man's Land, Wonder Woman. Great. Um, number two, Avengers versus Thanos and his army, Avengers Endgame, another Endgame reference. And number one, again, Battle of Hoth, The Empire Strikes Back. I think it's getting a lot of love tonight. <laughs> yep, sounds like it. That's a great list, man. Awesome. Um, and uh, up next, we've got Chris Abbott at Star Raptor on Twitter, I believe, um, with his list, number five, The Battle of Earth in in Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Um, number four, Battle of the Bastards from uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. 
Number three, 1917. The whole movie is a battle. I've heard a lot of good things about this movie, and I am really excited to see it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's a movie that is uh, at least supposed to look like it's one shot. Right, um, you are correct. Which which uh, is fascinating to me. I think a lot of movies have done, well, not a lot because it's such a difficult thing, but uh, several movies have attempted uh, that type of, of filmmaking. One of them being Birdman with Michael Keaton, which I have seen and is really good, I think. Um, but yeah, can't, gotta check out 1917. Number two, The Battle of Hoth, and number one, The Battle of Helm's Deep from The Two Towers. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is an amazing list. It's funny, the biggest thing that sticks out to me here is Star Raptor saying it's the Battle of Earth from Endgame. I didn't know it had that name, but like that makes total sense. (laughs) It definitely does, yeah. I've never heard it referred to as that, but now I think maybe I'll always refer to it as that. Yeah, because you like you got the Battle of New York, the Battle of Sokovia, you know, the Battle of Wakanda. Like they gotta have those those big titles. I like that. I'm gonna start using that now. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Star Raptor. Cool beans. All right. Um, up next, we've got our good buddy Sean Giroux. Um, he says number five, Death Star Attack from Episode Four, Star Wars. Uh, number four, Hard Home from Got. What's Got? Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game uh, of yeah, Thrones. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, number three, Normandy from Saving Private Ryan. Number two, Beyond the Wall, also from Got. And uh, number one, the long night. I, I get the feeling that that Sean, he, he's a bit of a, a got fan. Yeah, a bit of a Game I, of Thrones nut. I have heard this, and I think this proves that that might be true. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Well, that's a great list. It's an excellent list. I'm surprised there's only the only only one. There's a lot of good uh, Star Wars references in there, but uh, yes. in, in a lot of these lists. So uh, yeah. Should be quite awesome. All right. So up next is a segment you've all been waiting for. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best segments in the top five segment, one of the most sought-after segments of the entire IPC podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time, one more time, for Shinder's List. Yes, Shinder's List. Shinder's List, and uh, as usual, Shinder went all out, and I think we're going to have to kind of go in tandem here, so... Sounds good. Maybe I'll take number five, you take number four, and we'll go from there, I guess. Sounds good. All right, so at number five, Steven Shinder has the liberation of Lothal from Star Wars Rebels. Um, He says... Ezra's friends really come through for him. Not as large scale of a battle, but it has a lot of heart. Hondo says, for that boy, that is nothing I would not do. It feels very much like Frodo's friends marching to the Black Gate for him. I'd argue that a fool's hope and family reunion and family might make a slightly better movie than the last arc of the Clone Wars. Whoa! Whoa, I'm fighting words. Wow. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with that. Those are some darn good Rebels episodes towards the end there. So uh, well played, Steven Schinder. What we got next? 
his number four is the Battle of Hogwarts. Uh, this battle is perhaps a bit more emotional in the book, he says, but it is still great to see in Deathly Hallows Part 2. I get chills whenever McGonagall summons the statues to protect the school. When people think Harry is dead and all hope is lost, Neville gives some words of encouragement and then new life is injected into the battle as Harry is revealed to still be alive. The heroes each have an important part to play and are well utilized. Uh, Steven, I completely agree with this. I always get chills whenever, uh, whenever McGonagall summons the statues. Uh, that's just a really cool scene. And also it is cool to see Neville step up there in the end because he, you know, he was always kind of a, a favorite of mine throughout the series. And then in that moment, he, he was solidified as one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Like, it's a it's amazing that Neville has like the best character arc of anyone in that franchise. Yeah. Like he he's just like this nerd and he ends up being this badass, is cutting off snakes' heads. Like oh, yeah. my so, god, the guy. I love him. Love him. Um number three, Steven says the Battle of Hornburg, an iconic battle from the two towers in the live action film. I love the music when daylight comes and how the end of it is an intercut with the Ents attacking Isengard. In the 1978 film, I love the music as well when Gandalf arrives. Slaves some, slays some foes and then triumphantly and cheesily throws his sword in the air. That's something I actually have never seen is the original Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. And I, yeah. I probably need to see them. They're, uh, they're interesting. They were made by uh, Ralph Bakshi. Okay. Um, he, he was an animator back then. I, I think he still animates. I follow him on Instagram. I'm not sure. Maybe he died. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But he, his, his versions of Lord of the Rings and his uh, animation style involved a lot of rotoscoping, which was basically like they filmed a scene and then drew over it. And... Um, so the drawings looked very natural, like they were actually moving. And it was weird because you'd have some characters in there that were very cartoony, and then you'd have, like, Aragorn or whatever be almost human-looking. But it worked somehow, and, yeah, it, it, they were pretty good, I think. But um, So for uh, his number two, still in Lord of the Rings territory here, Battle of the Pelennor Fields. Um, the Muma kill make for a good spectacle and the Rohirrim arriving to aid Gondor is such a triumphant turning of the tide moment. The ghosts in the live action version made for a nice surprise too. Eowyn saying, I am no man and slaying the witch king is chef's kiss <laughs> in the books. She is the only one of the heroes who directly slays a quote unquote boss and she does it defensively. So, yeah, I got to agree, too. The way they did that in the in the movie was pretty awesome. And I always love when the ghosts come through. Um, whoops. Um, excuse me. But in the uh, there's a scene in the very and Zach will know what I'm talking about. There's a scene in the very first episode of Umbrella Academy season two that if you watch and you love Lord of the Rings will remind you exactly of of when Aragorn comes in and the ghosts just kind of go through him and start attacking everybody. It's like wow. almost exactly like that. So check that out. That's amazing. I do that, that battle in Lord of the Rings. I do love just the scale of it. Like you have all the people on the ground, then you have the giant 
Oliphant's coming in and just wrecking house. Like, oh, so there's good. so much stuff going on. And then you have the tie. It's okay. That I need to go back and watch that movie. It's so it's, good. It's, it's really amazing. good. It's really good. Um, and uh, Stephen tops off his list by spouting number one, Battle of Scarif. Some Star Wars battles get overshadowed by the duels, but in Rogue One, this battle is everything. Without Rogue One's sacrifice, sacrifices, there would have been no hope for the Rebellion. There are people who've come from different places and even done terrible things in some cases, but they united and came through. There's more weight to Luke taking the shot, knowing that he has to honor their sacrifices. I love that he's later inspired by Rogue One and decides that the squadron should be called Rogue Squadron. I really like that touch, too. The hammerheads ramming into the Star Destroyer is a triumphant moment punctuated by great music. When the shield gate is destroyed, it's like seeing Sauron's tower fall in Peter Jackson's The Return of the King. There's a lot of motion that went into this battle. And, Stephen, I absolutely agree. Battle of Scarif is up there in Star Wars battles. It is magnificent, like, all the way through. Like, they went all out. I think we were largely deprived of, like, a really good space battle in the sequel trilogy, but Rogue One, like, totally made up for it. (laughs) Well, that's because in the sequel trilogy, it was, like, for the most part, anytime you had a big battle, it was usually within atmosphere. I think that's a huge problem with these new Star Wars movies is that they don't have a war in the There's no still wars in the stars! (laughs) But I'm not here to complain about Star Wars. Not yet, anyway. We'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was a great one. And uh, up next, we got some Facebook submissions. Yes. And uh, first off is uh, Benjamin Day Suing. I know I butchered that. I'm sorry. Um, he says, uh, number five, the battle for the nut slash District 2, the Hunger Games, Mocking Jay. That sounds crazy. I have not seen any of those movies, but now I want to. <laughs> the Battle for the Nut. Not that's uh yeah, I don't even know. I'm what just to I'm say. picturing people with bows and arrows fighting over a walnut. That's what the first I'm thing I pictured was Scrat from the Ice Age movies, like <laughs> trying to get, trying to just finally get his acorn. He's like trying to stuff it in an iceberg, like uh oh, and it just like cracks and cracks the whole world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought of when I heard Battle for the Nut. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, I guess we're gonna have to review the Hunger Games movies on this show just to properly get context of that oh boy um number four he says battle chicago from the divergent series divergent isn't the the divergent i think that's what it's called i I don't know it it was basically another version of the hunger games i think basically yeah it really felt like that it really felt like that um and we got number three battle of helms deep from lord of the rings battle of coruscant coming wait a minute there's three there's two number threes here Oh, trying to cheat. Benjamin, what did you do? I feel like I'm talking to myself. That's bad. Um, um, so, yeah, number three, Battle of Helm's Deep. Number three, Battle of Coruscant from Star Wars Episode Three. Okay, just roll with it. Um, number two, Battle for the Capital in, uh, again, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay. Yeah. And then uh, number one, Battle of Scarif, Rogue One. So more love for Scarif. There you go. Good list, man. Um, and then up next we have Darian Lord. Uh, his number five kind of is like a, a it's a blanket that covers many. A it's battle. a cheat. Let's just be honest. It's a cheat. 
<laughs> well, the first, the, his five and four are like this. His five is any of the Marvel movies. <laughs> And his number four is any of the Matrix trilogy battles. Which any is... battle in any of those movies. Yeah, but it, it is interesting that you bring up the Matrix because I never even considered the Matrix in my in, – I, I I don't know. I rarely think about the Matrix even though – I especially that first one is really good. But that is full of battle sequences and fights that are – really innovative especially for their time and just really interesting to look at and watch and uh the techniques that they used were really ahead of their time so that that's a really good pick um number three the last Sam- samurai final battle that it, i like that movie a lot uh tom cruise um that does have a really good battle at the end number two star wars clone wars when all the jedi fight on geonosis absolutely that is a great battle and then number one 300 at the beginning of the battle with the persians i haven't seen 300 in a very long time but i do vaguely remember that battle and it being really really uh i don't know just really gruesome and uh exactly how a battle should be so great list darian I feel like we need to watch 300 and review it on next week's episode. Because yeah, it's 300, guys! Which is crazy. Coming up next week. So that's something that's happening. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we have something planned for next week, maybe. Yeah. Just going to throw that out there. Just going to throw that out there. Um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll fill you in soon enough, maybe before the end of the show. But uh, yeah, 300 is not is not one that I'm... Super familiar with another uh, Zack Snyder movie that uh, I'm not, uh, I've never seen, but I would be willing because I've heard a lot of things. This is Sparta! Come on, I mean, it's, it's mean, <laughs> mean territory, so gotta love that. Um, so uh, up next, we've got Jacob's Jacob Ends West. Uh, he says, I suppose in no particular order because he didn't put numbers on these. He says, Geonosis, Battle of Geonosis, Hoth, Death Star 2, Coruscant, and Exegol. So we got got some mentions of uh, Episode Nine stuff in here, which is pretty cool. He got a, got everything prequel, original, and sequel trilogy in there. So very good lists and all really good battles. I wonder, I wonder if you like Star Wars. I get that feeling. Just just something in the air. Yeah, something something. Um, up next, Neil McDonald. And these don't seem to have numbers either, but I'm going to start from the bottom up because he's got a message down here that says the music for each of these has a profound impact on my favorite battle scenes. So uh, starting from the bottom, we've got Star Wars The Phantom Menace, Battle of Naboo, Maul versus the Jedi duo, uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, opening battle of Coruscant. That is a fantastic scene. Uh, Number three... Starship Troopers, Clendathu drop. Haven't seen Starship Starship Troopers yet, but heard good. I've only seen parts of that movie. I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think they came out with a sequel to it, like just a couple years ago, which is crazy because it's been like twenty some twenty plus years since that came out. I think, but uh, uh, his uh, second or number two, I should say, Battlestar Galactica. 2004 Battle of the Battle Stars, Loss of the Pegasus, and number one Gladiator Arena Duel with Chariots. Gladiator, fantastic movie. Great list, really? man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, we've got Michael Wilson. 
who has a pretty detailed list here. He says, number five, Battle of the Bastards. Best of the Westeros bunch. Winterfell was too hard to follow and essentially suffered from overdoing the action to try to live up to this one. Um, number four, Avengers Endgame finale. Number three, Battle of Endor. Ground battle, space battle, saber battle, yub nub. <laughs> uh, number two, Battle of Scarif. Perfect blend of new and nostalgia. It's so good, I can I even forgive the movie for being Disney's first universe-shattering use of the whole we can talk to people in hyperspace. <laughs> we... <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. He says in parentheses, don't believe it's a big deal. If they could do that, why did they ambush? Why did the ambush at Endor work? Why didn't they just fly around in circles until the confirmation that shield was down? Freaking. <laughs> Come on, it's fantasy, dude. Let it go. Let it go. It's it's fantasy. It's not. There's no sound in space. That's the, that's all you need to say. That's all you need to say. All right? You're, you're, think, you're overthinking this. You're overthinking this. Calm down. Um, number one. Battle of Heroes, masterpiece, period. I wholeheartedly agree. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Um, so Jared Reynolds' list, uh, his number five is Scar- or Scarif, the Battle of Scarif from Rogue One, uh, Helm's Teep from the Two Towers, Pelennor Fields from uh, the Return of the King, I believe that's what that's from, uh omaha beach and then final urban battle in full metal jacket which is a uh uh what's his name who's the guy that did 2001 space odyssey who did uh, stanley kubrick kubrick yep yep which I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket, but I know it does have the guy who plays. Well, I can't remember him. Ermi, uh, the... what's his name? The guy who played Kingpin in Daredevil. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vincent I... D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yep. Is a, is oh, a legend. Young guy, young Vincent D'Onofrio. Yep. If if he doesn't get cast in Spider-Man Three. As oh. Kingpin, I'm gonna be mad, dude. Him and Charlie Cox bring Charlie yes! Cox back. Please. Yes, do it. I love that. What was the rumored title they had coming around? It was, um, it wasn't Homeless. <laughs> no, I, the one I keep hearing is Home Run. Home Run. Okay, Which would be so perfect because you could. I mean, he could be on the run, and then. You could also have like a scene like at a baseball stadium or something like I don't know something like that, just to kind of give give it that like theme of baseball or whatever. Because the first one, I mean, you're calling it homecoming, you know? It's like right school, yeah, yeah. And... Okay, so apparently the biggest one to leak as of yet, leak quote unquote, is Spider-Man Homesick. Homesick, that would be interesting. So maybe he's. He's away from home. He's on the run. He's homesick. I guess yeah. that's the logic here. Yeah. Um, still, I can't believe they went for with home. We're going to have the Spider-Man home trilogy when it's all over with. Yep. I love it, though. I love it. That's so mm-hmm. great. I don't know how we got off Spider-Man. Um, so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go to Aaron Collier's list. Um, he says... Or she could be either. I, I I'm I'm not I'm not gendering any pe- anybody here, so uh, feel free to, to correct me. But uh, in no particular order, they say uh, Hoth, Helm's Deep, 
Beach Landing in Save a Private Ryan, uh, Fort Wagner Attack in Glory, and Gladiator Opening Battle. So, mm-hmm. a lot of mentions of, obviously, Star Wars, obviously, a lot of Lord of the Rings, but Saving Private Ryan and Gladiator are getting a lot of love, too. Yes. And uh, up next, I think this is our last Facebook one. Right. Um, we've got Jesse Daniel, who has uh, no particular order, it looks like. Luke versus Vader, Return of the Jedi. Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones, D-Day, Omaha Beach, Saving Private Ryan, Dogfight slash Tom Hardy versus the German Bomber in Dunkirk, which I, mm. I'm ashamed I haven't seen yet. Me too. And uh, Dan and Wade, this is, I, I'm glad this one's showing up, Dan and Wade versus Wade's Gang in the 310 to Yuma remake. I watched 310 to Yuma a couple years ago for the very first time, and it stars Christian Bale and... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy who's the main character in uh, in Gladiator? You know. Oh, He's, uh, um, uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Stars both of them, and it is a great movie. It's a wonderful western. Sometimes, I mean, like obviously you don't get westerns like they were made back in the old days, like back in the golden age of western movies, but they still come out with really good ones nowadays and that's one of them so check that out for sure that's great well yeah and uh i'm looking forward to some other what what we're going to be you know talking about later on in the show and and i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing what your choices and also my choices because i haven't figured mine out quite yet and uh <laughs> Zach's choices and uh, we're about to maybe maybe we'll find out maybe from the man himself before this is over. Who knows? Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, that will all happen on the other side of the break, which we're going to take right now. Of course, we've got some Twitter submissions. We've got our own list to cover, and we've got some shout outs to our patrons. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back after these short messages and uh, do more of the IPC podcast. Don't go anywhere. This is IPC. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey, y'all. This is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys. I am so nostalgic 
for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? guys we are back with more of the ipc podcast talking top five battle scenes can be from a tv show a movie a book a comic a video game doesn't really matter just throw them out there and uh if you're listening right now in the chat drop us your top five list go go into the chat right now and do that if you're listening in the future unfortunately Unless you possess time-traveling powers, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to get your list in tonight. But we also, we always have more top five lists coming up. I'm, I'll give you a little hint. So we were talking today, and we usually plan these things very late. But one of us, I think it was Zach, suggested, hey, why not do top five movies by decade? So you're talking, you know, top five 80s movies, 90s movies... 70s movies so that might be on the on the on the schedule in the near future so be thinking about that keep that in your head start developing your top fives that's a little hint i'm going to throw out to you um and we'll see if that comes to light we actually do those actual top fives because uh, and we're always open for suggestions too just we'll, we'll take free suggestions all right we will not uh, take that down we're not going to pay you for them obviously because they're free but uh we'll still uh we'll still take it but uh, before we get back into the groove of things, I just want to point you in the direction of our patron program. We have a bunch of patrons. Patron.podbean.com slash Podcast is where you can become a patron to help support us, to get some awesome freebies, and uh, help keep the lights on and keep the show going and, and be our, our bestest friends. <laughs> and and do and just be awesome and we'll love you forever. And the people on that list include Mr. Joey Mays. We got Ryan. We got Rachel Perry. We got Dan Grievous, and we got Carrie Fleming. And all those people are super awesome. We love you for supporting us. And uh, yeah, so please, if you haven't already, go join them. You get all of our backlog of episodes because now everyone is is available like our older episodes are kind of blocked off just for our patrons so if you want to go back and listen to old old stuff um from our earlier on um the first 200 or so yeah go do that and uh should be a heck of a lot of fun and to listen to but uh yeah let's go ahead and finish this up because we just got a few more of these to run through and then we'll get to our list because that's the most important part, right? <laughs> <Not really. laughs> um, so first up, we've got our good buddy, Kevin Davis, at Valak Tours on Twitter. And that's where we're going next. Twitter, he says, honorable mention, the largest pie fight in movie history in The what? Great Race. I, I need to see this. <laughs> yeah. 
That sounds amazing. I don't think I've ever seen The Great Race, so that's highly, highly intriguing. You, you got our intention there, Kevin. And then he also adds, I'm going to be given, I'm going to be different and give a list of scenes, movies that inspired a love of movies in me growing up. Okay, all right. So he says, number five, Chariot Race in Ben-Hur. Number four, Battle of the Alamo in John Wayne's The Alamo. Classics here. Um, number three, Payoff of Battle Payoff of Battle of Aquaba, Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. I need to see that movie too. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, Final Dogfight in Top Gun. And number one, Jaws. Which would so, be like shark versus the protagonists. <laughs> basically every scene. Because yes. the thing is just a constant battle against the shark. And the I just watched that movie. That movie's intense. Like the, especially the end and yeah. they're trying to fight out. It's so intense. It, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's edge of your seat. It's also like perfectly paced. I've like the the way Jaws is is uh, set up. It, it just flows so well, and that's definitely one of Spielberg's best. Perfect example of like less is more. You know, they had yes. so many problems with the shark, and you know it, it didn't work. And you, you can't tell by by looking at it. it is a masterpiece. Still, it's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, up next, just one ghost T R A at just one ghost. Uh, his number five Gohan versus Cell. That is uh, Dragon Ball Z. If anybody's oh. wondering, uh, great fights in. I mean, that's basically yes. The show has a story, but I think its strong point for sure is the fights. The fights in that show are incredible. I have read every single one of the the manga that the uh, show is based on and I recommend the the manga and show to anybody because they're really cool and uh, Trunks is my favorite character I'm just going to say that uh, number four Gimli and Legolas in Helm's Deep specifically their fight yeah they're uh, I love that they, they, they're a great uh, not only are they just great characters in general but they, they're a great comedic duo and uh you know, one's the ying to the other's yang, and they they bicker and they argue, but when it comes right down to it, they're they're friends and they they fight well with each other. So yeah, great. Never great. thought I'd die side side by side with an elf. Oh yeah, that's about that. side by side with a friend. I love that. <laughs> so um, uh, number three, Funhouse fight in Birds of Prey. Good one. Yet, Good but one. I, I think it's on HBO Max now, which I do have, so I should check that out. Man, that movie, oh man, that movie is insane. I love it though. Yeah. Um, number two, Siege of Jadoville, Jadotville, from the movie of the same name. I've never wow. even heard of. That. I have never heard of that. No. That's amazing. But uh, you, you have uh, piqued my curiosity, sir, um, or ma'am, whoever you are. Uh, number one. Opening battle of the mummy, nineteen ninety nine. If only for Brendan Fraser. I, I love. Have... Yeah, well, I, I love just... Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser is a national treasure, and also, I mean, kind of in a similar like. I don't know why I think this, but almost in a similar way that like Nicolas Cage is a national treasure. I I'm not exactly sure what the parallels are there, but Brendan Fraser is. I I think he's great. I I I think there was one point in my life where I would have said I was like kind of annoyed by him but not really known why but after I rewatched The Mummy and a few other Brendan Fraser movies I was like he's he's great you know he's great I I 
he always looks like he's having a good time on screen. And, you know, The Mummy 1999 is a really fun movie. It's I, I don't even know if I'd call it a guilty pleasure as much as just like a fun adventure kind of turn your brain off. It, it is kind of like the, the poor man's Indiana Jones, I would say. Uh, and it just really works. Uh, bad CGI and all. So um, check out The Mummy 1999 if you haven't seen it. Yeah, those movies. I've only seen bits and pieces of them, but they're they're great. And Brendan Fraser is, I think, just an underrated actor. Like he's yeah. so great. He he's the he's. It's a shame because like his I think his career kind of fizzled after that. He didn't do a yeah. whole lot of stuff. He he's obviously he's kind of back in kind of a big way. He's doing um what's the show? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah. So he's he's back. He's doing stuff, which is great. Yeah. But like you know, and then like. 90s like he was hot stuff like he was like the big leading guy oh, yeah. um in those mummy movies and he was great he still is yeah well i i was also gonna mention doom patrol i had watched the first couple episodes for the first time a couple months ago and i still need to get into it more because i just i i gave up because i didn't have time really but i did like what i saw so far and um they did show a few like live action sequences with Brendan Fraser, before spoilers, he becomes uh, a robot. But <laughs> even as a robot, his voice really, like his voice acting is just very good and he's very expressive through it. And he's a very talented voice actor aside from just being a really good actor, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, uh, uh, real quick, we got one more Twitter submission. It comes from Evan Dave at Evan Dave8. On Twitter, and he says in no particular order. No, these no particular orders. I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna calm down. These Which no particular do orders. Start? Where do I start? How do I just do? I start in the middle? Do I go like? What do I do? Okay, I'm just gonna start from the top and read like a normal person. So, um, in no particular order, apparently, Battle of Yavin episode four, uh, Omaha Beach in uh, Saving Private Ryan, Dunkirk. Almost the entire movie was the battle. So fair enough. Um, battle of Pelule in the Pacific and Battle of Blackwater in Game of Thrones. So that is pretty awesome. A lot of a lot of love for Game of Thrones, obviously. Yeah. Also the Battle of Blackwater sound totally sounds like it could be a Lord of the Rings battle. You're right. Like that is totally very Lord of the Rings. But Blackwater just seems like a location that should be in Middle Earth. <laughs> Who knows it might be. It might be. <laughs> might might just be cuz like that that whole universe feels real because it's so immersive and like yeah. Tolkien was just so thorough. So it's, I should, great. I should ask my brother. He would know for sure. Yes, he would. He absolutely wouldn't. He would tell you in the Gollum voice. Yeah. I know for a I, fact. I re-listened to that episode uh, a couple days ago, actually. And uh, yeah, that was really fun having him on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We got to get him back on there. We just got to talk more Lord of the Rings, I guess, <laughs> to get him back on here. Yeah. Um, real quick, we got some uh, late entries here. Um, mm. One from Bill Lee, a friend of uh, Mr. Zach Arnold. And he says, uh, I suppose in no particular order because he didn't give uh, any numbers, but he says, Saving Private Ryan, D-Day, uh, Gladiators versus the Gladiator versus the Barbarians, I'm assuming in Gladiator. Uh, mm -hmm. Anchorman, the news team brawl. <laughs> oh, that's, that is one for the books for sure. <laughs> 
You've never seen anything like that. If you've never seen that, look it up on YouTube, and uh, you'll never be the same. I've seen clips of that, and I'm envisioning it. I know it's like, what, Steve Carell and all those guys. Yeah, let's just say, if you can imagine a bunch of news teams fighting against each other with nunchucks, chains, uh, trident, grenades, (laughs) guns in just some random field, it's great. Also, Anchorman 2 kind of does a... uh, even bigger version of that fight where you have news teams from all over the country, Canada, and you get like Will Smith cameoing, you get uh, Jim Carrey cameoing, like you get a lot of cameos in that. So watch both of those scenes because they're great. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I've got to catch up. That's that's one blind spot in my uh, viewing habits is the Anchorman movies. Yeah, well, I, I also should say Anchorman is in my top three comedies of all time. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. Um, Bill Lee also says Helm's Deep, The Two Towers, and lastly, Siege of Jerusalem from Kingdom of Heaven. So that's interesting. And he also says, honorable mention, Avengers Endgame final, final battle. So uh, excellent list. Excellent list. Oh, yes. Um, and then another late entry is from <laughs> Dad Arnold, who <laughs> I have to guess is uh, related to Zach somehow. I'm not sure He's, exactly. Uh, Zachary Arnold Sr. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um uh, his number five is uh, Persian, Persians versus Spartans on the beach in 300. His number four, Storming the Beach of Normandy and Saving Private Ryan. Number three, Battle of Exegol, Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, number two, Borg versus Federation in Sector 001 from, uh, I'm assuming, Star Trek The Next Generation. And number one, The Battle of Helm's Deep from The Two Towers. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much, Dad Arnold. Whoever you are. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for listening and sending in your things. And uh, I think that's it for right now. Unless someone else, obviously, if if somebody sends in a little list, either in the chat, I'm sorry, I think uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter submissions are probably closed at this point because... I don't have the time. I don't. I. I I'll, I'll get myself distracted if I go start searching all over there. So uh, those are closed. But if you want to drop one in the chat, we'll try to get it in before we close out for the night. But uh, that's all the submissions. The only ones left is our lists. And so Jake, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to you first. All right. Oh, okay. First of all, let's do our honorable mentions. Okay. So, uh, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I only if you have, got them. Yeah, I only have three. Um, I'm sure I could have thought of more, but I kind of did this list kind of uh, spur of the moment. But I am pretty confident in my list, even though I've changed it like three times since I, I made it. But, um, but uh, my honorable mentions are in no particular order. Uh, the Battle of Hoth. I love the Battle of Hoth. Uh, it's just iconic and high energy, and I love the setting. And it's yeah, I how could you not have uh, Battle of Hoth in in your list it's or great. in your uh, honorable mentions? It's just it's too good. Um, and another one is the airport battle in 
Civil War. Ooh, I didn't even think of that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I kind of thought of that last second because I was I I was just thinking about like just all the battles in the MCU. Like, what are some of the best ones? And I I don't remember a time before I saw that battle that I had been that like excited about comic book characters being on a movie screen. Cause not only do you have all these r- amazing characters, you know, we were talking about uh, black Panther and um, uh, you know, vision and, and uh, Ant-Man who becomes giant man and all these really awesome characters. You never would have dreamed of being on screen together, but you throw Spider-Man in there, you get that amazing entrance. And that just is the cherry on top for me and makes for a really awesome scene that I think is like 23 minutes long, start to finish something like that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're getting your money's worth when you, when you watch that battle for sure. Um, and, awesome. And then my uh, last honorable mention is uh, Avengers versus Thanos' armies uh, in Wakanda at the end of uh, of uh, uh, Infinity War. It's a lot of fun to watch. You've got different um, viewpoints of different characters doing different things. Um, you get a little taste of everything. Uh, when, when Thor comes down with, with uh, Groot and Rocket, uh, with Stormbreaker, and uh, you get the you get Black Panther and Captain America running ahead of of everybody to meet the uh, I forget what they're called Ravagers or something like that. Right. Um, and you know it all leads up to uh, you know Thanos snapping, unfortunately. Uh, but everything up until that is really, really, really good. And you think maybe they could get the upper hand, no pun intended, um, hand referencing the gauntlet. <laughs> but uh, I'm sad I had to explain that one. Um, but uh, yeah, those are my those are my honorable mentions. That is awesome. Um, so I think I just realized I have like four honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. So um, first of all, I've got uh, adjacent to yours um, the middle kind of middle fight that they have on is the it's the fight on Titan where they're trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet off Thanos yeah and it's all of them working together I just I love the fights when there's like a goal it's not just them like trying to kill each other yeah which that ult fight ultimately turns into like it's Thanos just beating the crap out of everyone. But it still starts with them like all working together pretty well until Peter Quill screws it up. But right. uh, a clear goal, and it's just great. It's, it's just a just big brawl with a bunch of characters, and it's so great. Um, switching gears to the Star Wars universe, one of my favorite all-time battles in Star Wars is the Battle of Umbara. Ah, oh. specifically the opening battle in that episode, Darkness on Umbara. Just this whole thing, and you 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 kind of you come through the clouds, and there, there's gunships getting blown out of the air, and then you they land, and the music goes away, and it's just sound effects, and it's so so good. It's I've yeah. watched that scene so many times, and of course the Embarrow arc speaks for itself. It's so amazing. Um, and going back to some classic Star Wars, Battle of Hoth, can't not mention that. I think everyone else has mentioned it. I'm going to too because it's <laughs> freaking amazing. It's classic. It's mind-blowing what they were able to do back in the day without CGI, with all, all these 
fancy special effects that were able to create something that was just mind-blowingly awesome. Oh, yeah. So that was great. And then uh, topping off the Marvel and Star Wars heavy honorable mentions, I'll uh, give a shout-out to the Battle of New York from the original Avengers. Oh, I think yeah. that battle, I think, hot take here, is the best Avengers battle. Is the Wow. Like, one of the best, because, like, it's so well done. Again, it's every character has a clear goal of what they're doing. There's, like, they're trying to shut down the portal. They're trying to stop this. They're trying to contain it. Like, it's all these different things, the mechanics of that. It's not just, like, I love the Battle of Wakanda, but, like, it's just, like, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta kill him. We just got to stop them from getting yeah. to vision. There's not a lot to it. There's not yeah. a lot of logic. Whereas New York is like, okay, you do this and you do this, and Cap calls it out, and it's just, it's magnificent. It's so good. It still holds up after ten plus years now. It's so good. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. Um, I, I I don't know why I didn't even think of that one, but I can't argue with you when you say that it's it's you know the best. Avengers battle because it, it is just so good and you're right there everybody has a goal and uh, it's it's so much fun to watch yeah yeah don't argue with me don't argue with me um, <laughs> so well we, we we would go to another person you know and ask for his honorable mentions but it's it's such a shame that he didn't make it tonight oh such man. a damn shame oh wow what a coincidence where did you come from? I came from your mother's butt. <laughs> okay. Are you? This is a revelation. Are you saying that you're his long lost brother? I'm saying <laughs> I'm his long lost turd. <laughs> I have no words for you, Zach. Zach Arnold, ladies and gentlemen. Hey yo, <laughs> what's up, guys? All right, Zach. Honorable mentions. You're you just got here just in time. Literally really about did. to ask you. So I uh, really yeah. Did. Y'all did an excellent job, by the way. Thank you for covering for me. I have a very legitimate reason as to why I was so delayed. Um, my sister is getting married tomorrow. Ooh. That's and, a pretty good reason. And we were, helping, we were helping set up, and the rehearsal and the dinner and all that stuff was happening. And uh, there was, for some reason, there were like two dozen people older than me that hardly any of them were taking charge. And so I was just like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. Somebody go take care of this. We need to have this many chairs at this many tables, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just kind of became the guru of setup. And <laughs> it became harder and harder to leave because I was, like, starting jobs and wanting to make sure they were getting finished before I left. So thank you a hundred times over for covering for me. These were some amazing lists. I got to look at the show notes on my drive home. Some really, really great stuff. And I'm sure there were some really great discussions uh, involved in that. But I got to be honest, I had a really tough time coming up with my list. And uh, uh, Sage from the Phantom Cantina, he can attest to this. Phantom Empire, whatever he calls it now. Phantom Empire, I think. Um, he can attest to this. I actually called him this afternoon to discuss my list because I was having such a tough time narrowing stuff down. Um, so if we're going straight into honorable mentions... I've got two, and I told you guys that I was going to have two. I hope it's okay that I have two, because I I really had a tough time narrowing it down to five. This was probably one of the toughest sets of five that I've ever done in the history of the top fives we've done on IPC. I literally came up with 20 different battles in like a half hour. <laughs> and then wow. I started looking at other people's lists, and I was like, oh, crap, I forgot that one. Oh, crap, I forgot that one. So let me tell you real quick some of the ones that didn't quite make the cut. 
I had some things like the battle at Isla de Muerte from Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh. I had uh, the battle of Urbana from Old Friends Not Forgotten of the Clone Wars. Oh, I had, yeah. I had the battle of Minas Tirith from uh, Return of the King. I had the battle for Narnia's heart from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you want to talk about like CGI creatures being involved in battles, that movie was kind of like the point person for that. Like they were the ones that kind of got that ball rolling and it's evolved into what it is today. Um, the battle of Hoth, the battle of Coruscant, uh, the Tomahawk scene from the Patriot, like the, the one man skirmish that he has with the platoon of British soldiers. Oh my gosh. So chilling. And then a personal favorite of mine, the skirmish on the Rishi moon from the episode of the Clone Wars rookies. Oh, yes, that's good. That's that's one of my favorite battles. Oh, my gosh. When they say reinforcements reporting, open up, and Heavy opens up with the Z6 rotary blaster cannon. You didn't say please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love later. I love later they're in the thick of it. He's like, we could use a Jedi about now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I love about that battle is they find a way to win without a Jedi. It's all about the clones just being on their own and oh, just, like, having to figure this out on their own. It was so brilliant. Anyways, um, making it just outside of the honorable mentions was, like, Wakanda's Last Stand from Infinity War, uh, the battle for Nova Prime from Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah. uh, the battle of Sterling from Braveheart. Like, oh, wow. I had a crap ton of things that I wanted to mention, okay? <laughs> but my true honorable mentions are as follows. My first honorable mention is the battle at Stormspire from a Netflix original series called The Dragon Prince. I don't know if you guys have heard of The Dragon Prince, but Yeah, you told me about it a little bit. Oh my gosh, it's one of the best shows I've ever watched. Like the writing just gets better and better, character development gets better and better, and they basically have their own Avengers-style fight sequence that happens at the end of season 3 because they weren't sure if they were going to get renewed for season 4, so they wanted to do something that would give it resolution but also leave things a little open-ended for like the next installment if they got renewed. So they basically had this huge climactic battle sequence that happened at the end of season three. And it happened at a place called Stormspire, And it was magnificent, like fantastic animation, great character development, really cool fight sequences. I loved it. Awesome. And then my other honorable mention is the battle at Blackwater Bay from Game of Thrones. I actually introduced my dad to season two, episode nine, Blackwater, because that episode stands on its own two feet. You could watch just that episode, have no context of anything else in the show, follow the characters, follow the the action sequences, the series of events through that one episode, and you would understand what's going on. Like, it's probably the only episode in the series that stands by itself, and it's due to the fantastic fighting and action sequences in there. So it came really, really close to making it into my top five because of that. But as you'll see, there are some other things in my actual top five that are just even better than that. That's awesome. Oh, awesome. I kind of snuck in. I kind of snuck in like 13 <laughs> right there. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you guys, that's how hard it was to come up with stuff. I had a crap ton of ideas. And trying to narrow it to five was just damn near impossible. 
Oh, it yeah. really is. And the more you look into this, the more you Google it, the more you look at clips and okay. see everyone else's list. On that note, I actually did a little research trying to find like like articles, opinion articles from comicbook.com and places like that that talked about other great fight sequences. And some of them were from movies that I'd never heard of. But then they attached the YouTube links of those fight scenes and talked about the movies themselves. And I was like, holy crap, I need to watch this movie. And I actually ended up buying two movies on DVD from Amazon because of reviews that I saw from other people's lists. Wow. <laughs> and I've got to go watch those movies and watch those fight sequences now because my list may be inaccurate due to a lack of content. You know, As I say, I think these lists are always in flux. Like my list... It could, it could change tomorrow. It could change tomorrow. They are highly subjective, too, because what one person may consider an amazing battle from a movie or a series, someone else be like, ah, that's not even in my top ten. Right. So, like, yeah. it's it's super subjective, and that's what makes it super fun. Yep. Well, speaking of lists, since we're all here, we may as well just go ahead with... Yeah. Our list, and Jake, since you started us off, I'm going to bring it all the way back to you. Okay. Give us your number five. Well, my number five, and I'm ashamed that I didn't know what this battle was called because I just think of it as the battle that is in the opening of uh, Fellowship of the Ring when um, Galadriel is giving the monologue at the beginning about the history of Middle Earth and the Ring and the all the rings and the, the, the that battle that takes place at the beginning there where Sauron uh, is and uh, he's hitting people back and forth with his mace and there's uh, just armies coming at each other from all sides. You've got the elves, you've got men, you've got everybody involved. I had to look it up. It's called the Battle of Daggerlad. Um, D-A-G-O-R-L-A-D but ever since I was a kid when I first saw that scene it has blown my mind just the energy the music the the uh, you can feel the stakes Uh, you know the Middle Earth is at stake you know the the fate of this ring which ends up being taken instead of destroyed and uh, it's just so good the way it's shot I mean Every bit of Lord of the Rings is amazing. All three of those movies. Uh, but what a way to open open your movie. And just the juxtaposition between the, the darkness and the uh, gruesomeness of that battle, uh, which goes right in and flows right into to, uh, the Shire and the introduction of Bilbo and Frodo and just this nice, peaceful glen there in the Shire – it just sets up the movie so well, and it's such a, a fascinating battle to watch. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's my number five. Yeah. Th- th- and it's amazing how many, like, epic battles there are just in Lord of the Rings and just in those three movies. And, like, stuff like everyone remembers Helm's Deep. But, yeah. like, there's so many other ones. <laughs> So, so there's smaller ones, there's big ones, there's one-on-one fights, there's so much stuff going on, and it's all just amazing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna uh, since Zach, you just showed up. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give my turn to you. Oh dear. I'm gonna let you go with your number five right now. Oh man, so generous. 
Oh, dear me. Let me see. My number five is one that I was toying with being an honorable mention. It just kind of barely made the cut. And it's not necessarily because it's a bad sequence. On the contrary, it's one of my favorite fight sequences, like, ever. It's it's powerful. It's gritty. It's emotional. There's a sense of loss. There's a sense of of strategy and a sense of losing that strategy. There's a sense of of chaos. There's there's just all kinds of different emotions that you experience during this battle. And it's probably one of the most important fight sequences in the entire series. And that would be the Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones. Um. Season 6, Episode 9. Uh, Jon Snow is a bastard, and he's fighting against another bastard for control of the North. He's trying to retake his homeland. He's been through hell and back over the course of these last five and a half seasons. And he's trying to free his sister from oppression. And uh, she's basically being held captive. His brother, his half-brother, is being held captive and he's using what forces he has to try and retake his home castle. But the other guy is just super, super evil and super clever and is basically countering every move that John tries to make. And lo and behold, there is a secret ally that nobody knew about. And he kind of comes to the rescue at the last minute, breaking through the enemy lines and, and giving Jon Snow the victory. And it's just, it's, it's very powerful it's very well choreographed and it's it's just so phenomenal to watch like this show just kept getting better and better and that was one of the best scenes in the whole show that's i the clips that i've seen of that is astounding because that's the one isn't that the one where he's like john is like standing there and like all the horses are like coming at him and he's just like the entire coming his way and he just draws his sword and waits for and they're him. like running around him and like he's dodging and bobbing and weaving like the cinematography the, the the action the choreography like everything came together just so seamlessly in that episode it was fantastic to watch season six episode nine watch it it's boring. i would say it looks like something from a movie it actually looks like something better than the movie. <laughs> That's the thing with this show is they had such an amazing budget. It was like sometimes above cinematic quality, and that's what made it so amazing. It's it's there's some astounding stuff. Yes, I will watch Game of Thrones one day. I hey, promise. If, if we've gotten you to say the F word, then you can watch a show that has the F word in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So I have no problem hearing the word. So, uh, yeah. So, and I, you're you're slowly corrupting me. You know, it's 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 happening right in front of our eyes. After six years, you would think that I would have some effect on you. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. You're getting under my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's all good and fun. Eventually, I will be swearing like a sailor, and uh, <sighs> drinking and doing all the things that because you know you'll just eventually wear me like down. A horrible person. <laughs> Hey, you make me sound like a really, really terrible person. Eventually, I'm going to be like Zach. I'm going to be drunk all the time. <laughs> One of these days, I will stoop down to your level, Zach. <laughs> well, I mean, if you put it like that, I mean. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I stepped in it this time. On to your number five. All right, so my number five is one that has been mentioned many, many times on this episode already, but I really, I mean, as much as I want to be unique and say something that hasn't been said before, 
you can't get past this one. It's one of the best. It's from one of the best Star Wars movies, a recent Star Wars movie, and it's just fantastic. Of course, I'm talking about the Battle of Scarif from mm. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And just, like, it's so long, and there's so many facets to it. Like, you have what's going on on the ground. You obviously have them trying to steal the Death Star plans, what Baze and Chirrut are doing, what Bodhi's doing, what, you know, General Merrick is doing, and, and you know... Everybody and, and all the stuff and the Invader comes in and the Death Star, it's just, it keeps ramping up and it's just these great, like some of the best like X-Wing action we've ever seen on screen is in this little battle and you have the, the ATT, whatever they're called, the giant AT-ATs and it's just, it's brilliant battle and, and you know, it helps you've got it on this beautiful planet like Scarif, like this, the brilliance of that planet and putting it in this paradise and then turning it into hell it's just it's barn on one of the best battles in Star Wars overall and certainly one of the I, I would say the best battle we got out of the whole like phase one of, of Disney Star Wars so uh, that is my number five nice nice That's a good pick That's a good so pick. my number four yes sir all right uh, my number four. Have either of you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, when I watched this in theaters, I had never seen a Mad Max movie in my life. Well, I, sh- I should clarify. What I'm talking about is more or less the entire movie. It is... <sighs> It is a chase movie. It's a a road chase movie for sure. But what happens during the chase is what I'm talking about. And that is you've got uh, you've got our main antagonist going after this semi truck full of his wives, more or less. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to trying to get them back and and they're the the entire thing is just an adrenaline fueled you feel like you're getting red bull pumped right directly into your veins crazy back wow, wow. <laughs> it, that's the best way i can describe it you said that as i was taking a sip of red bull <laughs> Like, I, it's I, so true. I made Red Bull. Like that, Jake. <laughs> dare you? I'm not watching you. I promise. Um, but it it is insane what they managed to do, and I think almost the entire thing is practical. I, I know they take a few liberties here and there, but they're things that you wouldn't even notice. It's if you watch the behind the scenes of this car chase slash battle. They're, they they built these huge rigs. I mean, to give you some context, it is post-apocalyptic Australia is where this takes place. And it is... Or just enough... modern-day Australia, just normal <laughs> Australia. Yeah, yeah, more or less. But, I mean, it's, it's weird because society has reached a point where they're just kind of scrapping things together and, and, and they're building these vehicles out of mishmashes of other vehicles and outfitting them with weapons and blades. And uh, th- there's factions of, of people that, that are like that have this weird religion and, and it, it's, it's, 
it's weird. It's too much to explain, but the the practical effects and the fights and the there's a lot of slow motion that is used really well, I would say, not in an annoying way. It is edge of your seat, start to finish, quite a thrill ride, battle, chase, whatever you want to call it. And that's why I'm putting it on my list is because there is a battle. And it's that's so awesome. good. Yes. I, I'm legitimately like, you're like, I watched a video the other day that talked about Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Like, I think Patrick Willems did a video on something and he praised it. And I've heard nothing but praise about that movie. So, like, I'm thinking this weekend might be it. I might be watching that movie. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites to rewatch. I recommend it to anybody, and it's it's probably in my top twenty movies ever. It's that high. It's so so good. So great. All right. Well, Zach, number four. Uh, what you got? Well, my number four is is in such a place because I feel like there are elements from my number five that got borrowed from my number four so like my four five six seven were all really really close to each other but i had to put some logic together in in how i ordered them so my number four is the battle for helms deep in the two towers i love that sequence it's one of my earliest fight sequences that i can remember that and the uh the the battle of naboo in the phantom menace those those are two fight sequences that I remember like the furthest back in my memory, and um, there are there are parts of the final element in the two towers where hope seems lost and you think you're about to lose and the bad guys are about to have you know their moment of triumph and then hope springs up from out of nowhere and cavalry reinforcements show up and break through the enemy lines and help save the day. And that happened back in the two towers. And then it also happened in the battle of the bastards. So I can't help thinking that Lord of the Rings was, was definitely published before song of ice and fire. It was definitely a heavy influence in how the show was, uh, was produced and how the choreography was made and how some of the plot lines were. And so I, I can't help thinking that some of the strategy involved in how the Battle of the Bastards turned out was borrowed from the Battle for Helm's Deep. And I love the fact that it's at night. I love the fact that it starts to rain on them. I love the intimidation factor, factor that the orcs use as right. they're approaching the wall. I, I love the the kamikaze guy that tries to you know cause an explosion in the weak point in the wall. Like that's how dedicated they were to winning and, and cleansing Middle Earth of of humanity. The uh, the alliance that gets honored by the the elves showing up at the last possible minute to bring some reinforcements to the fight. Um, Aragorn saying I'll die as one of them. Like that's true leadership. And there there's just there's just a lot of really compelling pieces that make it fit together into a really, really great action sequence. And uh, as slow as the rest of the movie may feel, it gets made up tenfold with the final battle at the end of the film. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I uh, The other day, 
my dad was asking about Lord of the Rings. He'd never seen the movies. And, of course, I have seen them. And I'm like, of course, he has a basic idea of, like, what it is. But then he's like, well, whether they were on HBO Max. And I had I had access to them. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to show you a scene just to give you an idea of, like, what Lord of the Rings is. I showed him Battle of Helm's Deep, just that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. And... It's a it's a lot to take in. I'm, I'm sure for someone who has never seen anything about Lord of the Rings, and knows nothing about it, <laughs> to watch that scene just by itself. But I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the madness that you're missing. <laughs> like we have to sit down and watch all these movies, and this is what it is. Um, and yeah, that's that scene is great. It's it's one of, it's one of my favorites. I just I think part of it also is kind of like the Battle of Blackwater Bay. You can take that particular scene and just watch it. For what it is the the cinematic quality the action sequences the choreography you know you don't have to know everything about aragorn and legolas and, and all of them you don't have to know like the ins and outs of of the uh complexities you don't have to know the the politics behind who is who you just watch it for what it is and i imagine your dad had a, a fairly warm reception to it yeah i think he was very, I mean, obviously, I, 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 we we share some stuff in regards to like affection for sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. He was very much intrigued. He was just like, I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> like so confused. Because <laughs> then it goes into the ant, what the ants are doing, and what Gandalf's doing, and it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a lot to take in. But uh, I think I think he enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, we're we're gonna sit down. It may take him parts because it's it's hard for us to sit down and like have time for that. And those movies are very long, but they're good. So does HBO Max have the extended editions or just the theatrical cut? Um, I, Those are the extended editions that I was watching. So that's Pretty not, sure. That's the four-hour edition? Probably. Nice. Okay, so is it is it is it my turn? Is it my number four? I think so. I think so. All right. Well, my number four is one that is very special and one that just recently this year got my attention and it's from a movie that got mentioned a couple times this this, tonight and uh really shook me this movie this movie really just it could be one of the best movies i've ever seen and of course i'm talking about 1917 and specifically the ends battle. I don't want to give anything away for anyone who hasn't seen it because there is some, there's some, there's some stuff in there that I think you should experience by yourself. There's some very, very moving stuff. There's a, there's a big kind of twist in the middle. There's some stuff that happens that's very emotional and very intense. It's a very, very real look at what a soldier experiences in war. And, you know, basically what the, these two guys in world war one are basically tasked with carrying a message, you know, across enemy lines um, through very treacherous territory to another bank so they can stop this invasion from going off because it will ultimately result in you know a loss and and kill a lot of people and they're trying to make this happen and ends up that he kind of arrives late and the invasion is already happening that he's trying to stop and he just has to run across the battlefield and I'm not really spoiling anything because it's literally in the trailers, but it's this one long shot of him, this one guy going uh, just across the battlefield as soldiers are crossing in front of him and behind him, 
And from what I understand, how they filmed it, it was like improv. And like, there's a couple times where he like literally ran into the other soldiers and just like knocked both of them down. And that wasn't planned; it just happened. And he just gets up and keeps running. Like it's it's so incredible. The whole movie is basically a, a battle, but like that sequence is just phenomenal. And it's all done like realistically. Like it's like this huge thing, and they had to set up this whole battle, and like it's a real like real battle that they set up and they did for real and it's just that whole movie is amazing but that sequence is phenomenal go watch 1917 if you haven't already because it is a very it's not for kids it's not necessarily a family movie but it's a movie that will make you appreciate what soldiers go through because it's very real and very intense doesn't that have benedict cumberbatch in it it has benedict cumberbatch has a bunch of different actors actually like they're not the main guys are not necessarily like super well known, but like Cumberbatch is towards the end. You see him, and then there's some other actors that I can't remember off the top of my head. But like I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. Um, there's some generals, like the main like leaders that they're taking orders from, are like played by some really well known actors. Mm, cool, cool. I definitely need to see that. Really cool movie. Really cool movie. I've I've, I've heard good things about it as well. I just. I, I don't know why I didn't get around to it. I just... To I, be honest, and I to have, be fair, uh, I shouldn't be recommending it right now because it's kind of depressing. <laughs> and there's enough depressing stuff in the world right now. Oh, Colin Firth is in it. Yeah, okay, Colin mm. Firth. There you go. Colin Firth is in it. Who else do I recognize in this? Robert Macer looks pretty familiar for whatever reason. Uh, Anson Boone... Don't know that name, but it's a cool name. Elliot. You got uh, Mark Strong is in it. Um, he plays a pretty good part. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I recognize. Who's Mark Strong? Mark Strong was the uh, Doctor Savant in Shazam. Yes. And he was in the the oh, what's those movies? The the it, spy movies. He was oh, in Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman. Yep. Kingsman. There you go. Okay, I just didn't recognize the name for whatever reason. He, he's kind of a chameleon. He he blends in in different roles. Come a come a come a come a chameleon. <sighs> All right. Had, well, I've had, I've had a Red Bull. Give me a break. <laughs> just don't inject it into your veins like Jake told you to do, please. Uh, hey, don't do that. Hey, I I've got oh Richard Madden is in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. That's cool. I like Richard Madden. He was the he was also the prince in uh, Cinderella, I think. No, oh, he's also going to be the lead in Eternals, Marvel's Eternals. Not a not not a huge part, but a very let's just say heartbreaking part in that movie. I'm oh, just throw that out there. Make him die again? <laughs> no. Okay. Spoiler alert: He does not die. Oh man, that Guessing man. That man deserves a break. Yeah, he, oh. he was in he was in Rocket Man too. I didn't know he was in Rocket Man. That's cool. Guys everywhere, everywhere. An Amazon series called Oasis, which I need to look at now. That sounds cool. Mm. Oh man, I'm just going on a on a Richard Madden <laughs> trip right now. So okay. are we on to number threes now? Is that we where are. we at? We are. We are. We are to number three. Jake. All right, so. Jacob. So my number three is, and this has been mentioned before. But the Battle of Pelennor Fields, it is uh, such an amazing battle. It's from uh, Return of the King, 
you've got so much going on here. You've got the Ollie fonts, you've got the ghosts, you've got um, you've got uh, the Witch King being defeated by uh, Eowyn. I am no man. So much to love. I, sometimes I go on YouTube and just watch this scene because it's it's just so good. It's so good. Um, Zach, I had mentioned earlier that uh, if you've seen the beginning of Umbrella Academy season two, the very first scene, basically, uh, there is a scene that will remind you of the Battle of Pelennor Fields, uh, specifically when the ghosts come running out from uh, behind Aragorn. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. As soon as I saw that scene in Umbrella Academy, I was like, they had to. That's got to be a reference. I'm sure it was, but the the panoramic view that they gave from the center of the fight also reminded me of the 2012 Avengers movie. Yes, yes. There, there were there were a lot of homages to a lot of different type of epic fights in that sequence. And what really made me mad was that like five minutes later they retconned the whole damn fight sequence. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like, I, I mean, I would have rather seen that beginning scene play out as we see it, but that unfortunately is retcon, like you said. But I, it I is interesting like where it goes. See, I would like to see events lead back up to something similar, where instead of doomsday, they actually find a way to save the day. You know. Yeah. Yeah, like, I would have loved to have seen different elements and different components of that fight in a, in a different manner. But I I, I don't know. I'm still kind of happy with the way things turned out. It's just me too. They, they they tampered with time travel in a different way than I was anticipating, and uh, not necessarily in a bad way, just in an unexpected way. And so I gotta roll with those punches that they dealt me. You know. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Pelennor Fields was just. just great yep yeah that's a really <sighs> awesome battle as we discussed before um zach number, number three yes 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 I'm, I'm trying to go back through the show notes and see if anybody else listed this one because i'm not sure if they did but they might have i know of at least like one or two people that may have said something but i'm trying to to see if maybe this is an original battle that nobody else has talked about yet uh no man's land from wonder woman that's a great selection robin i like that uh battle of the bastards got mentioned battle of helms deep the long night okay uh yes it did get mentioned i i had a feeling that sage was gonna mention it uh our buddy sean uh did did list this one actually um it is his number four but it's my number three and that would be the battle of hard home from game of thrones i tweeted earlier that there'll be a spoiler that like four out of my top seven were from one franchise i think you can guess where that franchise may lie um the the battle of hard home is a combination of of a a fight sequence and a flight or uh, a fight or flight response combined with elements of sheer horror like it is amazing it's breathtaking it is original it's unlike anything else that i've ever seen um you really get your first taste of just how 
massive and how terrifying this army of the dead that's amassing in Game of Thrones really is. Because you've got all of the politics that's going on. Everybody that's backstabbing one another, trying to assume control of the throne. And and then the people up north, like way, way north, come to realize that none of this is going to matter. Because the army of the dead has awakened from its thousand-year slumber and it's marching south. And your first battle with the army of the dead happens at this tiny little encampment called Hardhome. And... It's assembled a, a bunch of different tribes and leaders from the far north, and they're all warriors, and they all understand the stakes. And then in the middle of their council meeting, where they're trying to decide what to do, they get overrun by these zombie-like creatures. And it's like something out of like World War Z meets The Walking Dead meets I don't know what. And you have to try and fight off these undead creatures. But the really screwed up thing is every time one of your soldiers dies in combat, he rises up and joins the army of the dead and starts fighting whoever's left alive. Oh, my God. And Damn. so, like, every time a warrior falls, he ends up being resurrected moments later and becomes a part of the army that you're trying to defeat. So no matter like no matter how many times you're taking somebody down, if you're losing somebody, you've got to start fighting them, too. And it's ridiculous. Dang. The, the way they choreographed it, the way the CGI looks, the the charging nature that the that the zombies have as they're like coming at the camera screen. It just gives you this adrenaline rush. Unlike anything else, I got more intimidated by that army than I did by the orc army. And and that's not a detriment to the extras and the and the costuming and the makeup that they did from from Lord of the Rings. But there's just something so much more intimidating about the undead coming after you in such a unified fashion. And it's it's scary, it's intense, and it is amazing to watch. And it's it's my my number three. Nice. <laughs> That is intense stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> like, for all the amazing battle sequences that you might get from Game of Thrones, none of it means jack squat if you can't beat the army of the dead. And so it's just, it's... I mean, what ultimately, what are you supposed to do? Well, we're going to kill them. How do you kill someone that's already dead so there's two ways it's... and that that's a, that's a really interesting question there there are there are three ways i take that back there are three ways that you can take down a zombie in game of thrones one is with fire if, if you burn them then whatever spirit that's inhabiting them it ceases to exist and the body crumples there is a particular type of steel in this world called valyrian steel and it comes from a different part of the world and that type of steel is enough to shatter the bones that are coming after you. So if a skeleton comes after you, if you attack it with Valyrian steel, which is very rare, like one in a hundred people has something that is made of Valyrian steel. Maybe not even that. It's extremely rare. But if you use Valyrian steel, you can take them down. And then there is this, this type of black glass shard called obsidian, or dragon glass. And if you have weapons made out of dragon glass then that can take down a member of the dead as well. 
But that's part of the strategy that they have to utilize is like you could be in hand to hand combat with somebody with a regular sword indefinitely, but eventually you're going to tire, you're going to wear down and nothing you do is going to stop them. So they had to like be really creative with how they took down those different members and how they retreated because like you couldn't charge after these guys if you didn't have the proper weapons. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is insane. It's really crazy. I need to go back and watch that episode now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Just, just talking about it makes me want to go watch it again. I guess that'll be my Sunday because I'm going to be kind of busy tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit busy. I mean, unless you're like like you're, 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 your sister's walking down the aisle and she looks over and you're like on your phone watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay, no joke. <laughs> During the rehearsal part, right before we were practicing walking down the aisles and stuff, I was watching a hockey game on my phone. <laughs> and I did. Like, Can you not for like five minutes? I'm getting married here. I did this weird touchdown dance kind of thing when my team scored the game-winning goal. Let's go, Stars! Beat those Avalanche five to four in overtime. Oh my gosh, it was a good game. But I had about a half a dozen weird looks when I started dancing around the sanctuary because people were like, what is going on? Why are you so excited that she's getting married? And I was like, uh, nope, hockey, because that's about the only good thing I got going on in my life right now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, OK. All right. Is it is it my turn for my number three? You're number three. Yes, sir. I always have to clarify that because I'm only paying attention half the time. Okay, so my number three, going back to Marvel because I love me some Marvel. And this is a classic. This is from Captain America, The Winter Soldier. One of, in my opinion, the best movies of freaking all time. And this is another one that kind of qualifies in the kind of like one-on-one -on -one fight and a large-scale battle. And it's kind of the end sequence with the helicarriers. I love how, you know, it gets right down to the wire. They have to get in there. They have to put the chips in to reprogram the helicarriers. And they're all going up to a certain altitude. And the fact that they, all the targets disappear and it goes to just those three targets and they're shooting at each other. And then, you know, they, one of them gets, goes down and <laughs> smashes into the building. Like, it's absolute chaos and then on top of that you have the really emotional fight between Cap and Bucky in, in one of the carries it's just it's it's visually stunning and also it's a huge turning point for the MCU obviously and a huge thing for Cap and just this really just important emotional character moment and that's and that's really like what like it's hard to judge these things because like I want to judge them based on the epic battle, how big and really crazy and awesome it is. But at the same time, you know, you need those emotions. You need a reason for the battle, a reason for that. And that battle is, you know, basically fighting for the soul of S.H.I.E.L.D., taking down S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra at the same time and, and yep. Cap dealing with all this stuff. It's so much emotion, so much going on. And that movie is, it's the culmination of a lot of stuff and it's so great. Yeah, good pick. I need to watch that movie again. It's been Same. a it's been a hot minute since I've watched that movie. I usually end <laughs> up too. thinking about the appearance of Black Panther in Civil War, or I think about the some of the some of the fight sequences from the first Avenger, and like my mind draws a blank on the highlights from Winter Soldier. Like I don't I don't know why, but it's like like the bookends stick out to me more than the first one uh, than the second one does, and I'm like, 
why is that? So I need to go refresh my memory on that film. Absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. me too. All right, Jacob Damon, number Jacques, two for Jacques you. Yes. Uh, my number two is the Battle of Earth from Avengers Endgame. It is a sight to behold for sure. It's the culmination of 10 years of of stories and uh, all leading up to, to this battle between the Avengers, all of the Avengers, and uh, Thanos, the big baddie from, you know, who's kind of been lurking in the background and has just recently come to the forefront and proven himself to be a very formidable foe. In fact, he wins at the end of the previous movie, and we get to see all of that, uh, uh, like, the freedom of of everyone and and, uh, everybody that has been lost uh comes back to to make sure that that uh Thanos cannot continue uh existing basically and seriously yeah from uh beginning to end it's just a very satisfying closure to this era of the MCU and uh just a very entertaining battle very technically uh impressive um and yes, there is a lot going on, but I never think it's so much that you lose your interest or you lose your place or anything like that. It's it's pretty clear. Like Ben, you were saying earlier, it's a it's a fight with a goal, and that goal right. is to to stop Thanos. And um, and even going a little bit before that, when you've got Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, kind of as a a trio going after Thanos and you got Captain America wielding Mjolnir and um, just so many good moments and everybody has a chance to shine. And uh, yeah, it stands out to me as just a really, really amazing battle. And that's why it's my number two. Yeah. That battle. I mean, I don't think anyone could have conceived a better finale for those for that 10 years like it's the, the like the best reward for waiting that long oh, like yes. i don't think they could have like i have i have my issues with endgame you know I, I you know it's not perfect by any means but that in battle is just magnificent and yeah. it's everything i think it's the envy of a lot of franchises because i think when it comes to finales I think Marvel whipped a, whipped a lot of behinds, including Star Wars, is when it came to making a a good, like, satisfying finale and making that end battle that was just bar none, just absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. It was I. Get out. Hot take. <laughs> hot take. I I I personally enjoyed Wakanda's Last Stand more than the Battle of Earth. <sighs> Hot take fighting left words. and right. Fighting and, words. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's fighting words. I know. And, and Cap Cap wielding Mjolnir was like the big redeeming quality of that of that fight sequence. I will grant, but there were a lot of other things about it that felt rather gratuitous and forced. And 
I I can I can see why it has a lot of like satisfaction from all of the the ten years of buildup, but at the same time I'm also like oh 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 you went there you did that. <laughs> so all right, Mister Hate on Jake's number two. What's your number two? Hopefully it's not one that can be hated on, but we'll see. Maybe Jake will find a way to hate on it or something. <laughs> just to just to get back at me. Sounds like a challenge. Uh, right. Well, um this is this is a fight sequence that um it it it's helped make this movie into one of my favorite movies of all time. And that's that's not putting anything lightly. Um I think I think this may be one of my favorite films in the whole franchise. And again, that's largely in part to this fight scene. I saw it seven times over the course of seven days. And the reason I kept going back to the theater was for that fight sequence. I told myself, this is a grand spectacle that you need to see on the big screen before it leaves the big screen for good. And I I just kept telling myself that. It was like, yes, it's worth the $10 ticket. Yes, it's worth it. Yes, it's worth it. Very rarely do I ever say, yes, it's worth it for that many times. Dude, I spent probably in the range of $70 to $100 watching this movie and this fight sequence on the big screen. So when I say I really, really love this sequence, I mean it. And that's the Battle of Scarif from Rogue One. Yeah. There you go. There are so many pieces of of captivating moments that result in both victory and defeat simultaneously. And that's a crazy concept to think about when it comes to battles. Like, when I think of a battle that feels like both a victory and a defeat, I have to go all the way back to, like, the Battle of Bunker Hill from the Revolutionary War. The British took Breed's Hill and Bunker Hill, but they took as many casualties as they dished out. And at the end of it, there are people saying things like, it's just a hill. Yeah, we won the battle, but all we gained was a hill. It's just a hill. And, you know, the uh, the rebels did take the plans, and they did escape with them, but... It cost them ships, it cost them pilots, it cost them leaders, and it cost them some pretty dire lives. And the people of Scarif, they may have pushed that rebellion back, but they were so decimated that it was better to cover your tracks as the Empire than it was to try and clean up the mess. And Tarkin just ordered the destruction of the Scarif base outright. Just hit the reset button. And there's just, there's so many fantastic things about it you learn about how the the call sign for red five became a vacancy for a new hope you you learn um you learn about how the uh the tanf four escaped and and made it to where it was at the beginning of a new hope you know from the crawl it said that you know rebel forces striking from a hidden base have claimed their first victory against the galactic empire you see that victory. You see the, the lives that it cost. And everything from interpersonal loss to losing Jin and Cassian to 
you know, losing squadrons and and losing just there's there's so much loss attached to it and yet so much beauty in that loss that I just I enjoyed watching that stuff happen over and over and over again. I hated losing those people that I'd already grown attached to, but I loved how it all unfolded. So that is that is my second favorite, but it's a very close, very narrow second because I I have not watched my number one fight sequence as often as I've watched the Battle of Scarif. Wow. That's crazy. I, that's uh, and beautifully said because as you said, Battle of Scarif, it's just it's amazing, it's powerful, it's the spectacle, but also, you know, the tragedy of it, the bittersweetness of, like, they succeeded, but, like, literally everyone that signed up to join the team Rogue One mm-hmm. died. Like, all of them. None of them made it out. Like, that's just, it's, it's and even more so, like, Blue Squadron went down there and also also got obliterated so like mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing and also heartbreaking and Rogue One it's just it's a swell of emotions because you got these really heck yeah moments and then you've got like oh god this is bad moments but it's it's great I love it but I think it's my time for my number one correct your second favorite or second my favorite. second favorite I should be rephrasing that um, because, okay, so this is, this is a Star Wars one, and my number one is not Star Wars. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Oh. It's not Star Wars. So we'll see how that turns out. But the second one is very new, very fresh in my mind. Maybe it's recency bias. I don't really give a crap because this movie, this TV show, this TV show episode is some of the the best action I've ever seen. I know where you're going. And it's some of the best episodes, best just just anything from this series and you know where I'm going with this. Oh, it's yeah. the invasion of Mandalore in the siege of Mandalore in the final episodes oh. of Star Wars the Clone Wars. Where, where did you think I was going with that? Oh. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. It is epic. I just that's not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I well, in previous conversations that we've had, but this is this the those conversations have transpired since you know the the, the siege of Mandalore has happened since those conversations. But every time we're talking about battles in the Clone Wars, you're usually talking about landing at Point Rain. Oh, oh, you are so right. I didn't even think about landing at Point Rain, and I hate myself now. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I done? What have I done? Guys, on live programming, I just screwed up Penn's list royally. (laughs) No, I'm going to stay the course here. I'm going to stay the course here. If if I didn't think of it, it must not have meant that much to me, all right? That's just the rules. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, yes. Landing in Point Rain, you can add it to my honorable mentions. It is... It is magnificent. It's it's the best Star Wars movie. It's not even a Star Wars movie. <laughs> but, uh, okay, back on topic here. I, I still think Siege of Mandalore, I think, tops it. I think Siege of Mandalore does everything right. It's absolute perfection. Some of the best Star Wars we've ever seen, ever, 
some of the best storytelling I've ever seen. And that opening sequence, right when they're arriving on Mandalore with the whole invasion, and you got Mandalorians and clone troopers going against other Mandalorians with horns and spikes on their heads. It's just the music. Kevin Kiner hits it out of the park. The whole yeah. action, you know, the, really Ahsoka did. jumping out of the thing and, and hopping from different gunships. It's just, it's firing on all cylinders. It is so breathtaking, and you had that one shot where she she jumps down and lands, and there's a big explosion behind her. It's just a spectacle. It is absolutely amazing. And then top it all off, just the rest of the episode, and Maul showing up, and everything happens. like It's the start of something breathtaking and magnificent, but you know it's a grand, grand start to that whole arc, which is genuinely the best Star Wars movie. It's not a Star Wars movie yet. I'm trying to get her to make it a Star Wars movie, but they just don't listen. But it is the best Star Wars movie. How is that petition going, by the way? I haven't checked it in quite a long time. Let me go check it right now while somebody else gives their thing. Jake, why don't you go ahead and go with your number number one? Are we we there? Number uno. That's number one. And, uh, yeah, this has been on so many people's lists already, and it's no surprise. I have really nothing else to add to it based on what other people have said, but my number one is the Battle of Helm's Deep from the Two Towers. Basically takes up the entire birdish act of the movie and so good start to finish um and uh includes a bomb scene which seems a little bit like out of everything in lord of the rings that part seems slightly out of place and the only reason i say that is is because like lord of the rings is i mean it's all swords and and uh and bows and arrows and hand-to-hand combat and to introduce something like black powder or a bomb or something it it does seem a little bit high tech for lord of the rings but it works and uh just so many good lines uh shall i get you a box i I love that (laughs) um and again technically just so impressive and uh yeah what a great way to end the two towers with with a battle like that and it's just one of the most impressive battle scenes in all of cinema excellent i excellent i do enjoy that one i do i really really do that's why it made it into my five (laughs) yep it's 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 really tough when you when you've got stuff like that though because you're also like listening to other people talk about it and you're sitting there like with your lip zip like that's his number four but it's my number one i'm not gonna talk about it yet oh man and and for the record the change.org petition that started right here on the ipc podcast Wow. At change.org. I think it's Siege of Mandalore or whatever. You can find it. Release The Clone Wars, The Siege of Mandalore in theaters as a movie. It has 3,542 signatures thus far. 3,500. That's really good. It's really not bad. I didn't really expect it to get over like 1,000. So the fact that it like crossed 1,000 and like tripled it is pretty amazing. Like, obviously, I wanted it to have a million and Lucasfilm to, like, respond to it, but, like, <laughs> that's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the fact that it got like a couple of uh, news articles published about it was also pretty impressive. Yeah, it got it made the rounds. Some uh, things that you think even I don't know. Mike Zero might have done a video on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's when you know that you peaked. But no, I think. Oh yeah. I think the 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 Star Wars subchapter of ComicBook.com did an article on it too. So, I mean, it uh, it it got some notoriety out there, and that's probably what helped boost some of the numbers a little bit. But 3,500 plus is nothing to sneeze at. I don't think I've ever gotten like 3,500 likes on a tweet or something before. So, no. 3,500 plus signatures on a on a change.org petition, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. 3,500 people, Lucasfilm. You're, they're here. They're waiting, all right? Just do it. 3,500. Theaters are open now. They're open. They can do it now. They're going to go to the theater. That, that'll totally make it worth it. Like, just do a little bit of splicing and... Put them all together and just put it in like two theaters, and people will migrate to those two theaters, and all thirty five hundred of us will go and watch it in those two theaters. (laughs) There are dozens of us. (laughs) Like you said it so angrily, but it also sounds like not very intimidating at all. (laughs) There are dozens of us. There are dozens of us. (laughs) Um, Jedi. All right, so I'm curious, Zach, what is your number one? My number one was really, really tough to come by, but I have to take it back to Game of Thrones one more time. Like, three out of my five came from Game of Thrones, and this one was just a a moment where you look at your set of circumstances and you go, oh my gosh, we are screwed and that happens in uh, Season 7, Episode 4. It's titled The Spoils of War. And in that sequence, there is a, a army called the Lannister Army. And they have just conquered another one of the high-ranking families in Westeros. Took everything. Their land, their gold killed their monarch like they they just wiped this family from the face of the planet and they are just basking in the glory of how amazing they are and they're taking some of that gold back to their territory and they are on this road called the rose road taking their caravan with their armies and their spoils of war back and on their way back they get met by the mother of dragons and she flies in with her now fully grown dragon and it's the first time you see them in action in a westerosi battle so not only do you have her hordes of cavalry at her back not only do you have a well-trained infantry on the opposing side not only do you have this beautiful vineyard as the scene of this epic fight, but you also have some of the most breathtaking pyrotechnics you will ever see in television or cinema as she takes her dragon behind enemy lines and just has the dragon burn the caravan to a crisp. (laughs) And all of this glory that they were basking in just gets wiped off of their face in an instant 
all of the grins just turn completely solemn as they realize, oh my god, we are screwed. <laughs> because you can't shoot arrows at it. You can't, like, do anything to a dragon. It's pretty near invincible. It's a dragon! <laughs> it's a fire-breathing flying lizard that's like a hundred feet long and... Anytime you get close to it, it will either eat you or burn you alive. Like, it, it, it's it's so massive. It is a game changer when it comes to how you strategize to beat your opponent. A traditional battle like the Battle of the Bastards is it's just infantry, cavalry, bows and arrows, swords and spears, etc., etc. But you have to improvise with a dragon. You've got to figure out how to get away from its fiery breath you have to figure out if there are any weak points in its armor. You have to figure out how you're going to take down an army of savages that's charging at you at the same time. Like, there was so much going on in this. But at the same time, there's this one money shot where the the whole enemy line has, has like, formed rank in order to try and defend itself against the, the cavalry that's coming after them. And she has the dragon fly overhead of them, parallel to that rank that they've formed. And she says the password, or the magic word, or whatever you want to call it, that incites Pyro. And you just hear this, and everything goes up in flames. Mm. And it's amazing to watch. That, to me, is like peak fantasy violence. It is it is like everything that I've ever wanted out of a fantasy fight scene. You've got these guys that are basically living in the Middle Ages and they're getting burnt to a crisp. And you're not just seeing the implied violence. You're like actually watching these dudes catch on fire. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy intense. Everybody's scrambling and running around trying to figure out what to do. Like, it is a... It is a crazy, crazy sequence that I love to watch because you come to realize just how much of a game changer a dragon in your fight really is. I think the image of that is in the promo image for this episode. For this episode, yes, sir. Yeah, yep. I knew. I knew. You started describing it. I'm like, I've seen that before. I've seen that footage. Mm. Oh man, that's so good. It's. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's one of it's one of my favorite fight sequences. I love it. It's great. It's I, I mean, so it, great. it's it's my favorite. That's why I got it at my number one. Like that, that is a a amazing amazing sequence to watch. All and right, I could watch it over and over again. And just for one to highlight a list that was just submitted, and two to hold you in suspense just a little bit longer on what my number one is. I'm going to throw it to our good buddy Francisco Matayana in the chat right now who just submitted his list. Oh, jeez, Francisco, cutting it close there, aren't you, buddy? And just, this is literally the last one, I think. I think this is the very last one. Francisco, you're under the wire, my friend. And uh, he says, Dark Knight Rises Battle for Gotham Soul. I mentioned it off the top. Great big battle in the streets, and you have Batman and Bane going at it. And then uh, Saving Private Ryan D-Day. 
Two Towers, Helm's Deep, obviously. Uh, Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down. That's the first mention of Black Hawk Down this tonight. Anchorman again. <laughs> the news team battle. So Anchorman's getting a lot of love. And then uh, for the thousandth time, Rogue One, Battle Scarif. Enough said. Enough said. It's super deserving. I'm telling you, man. It's super deserving. <laughs> and uh, okay, so are we ready for this? Ready for mine? That's a mouth drum roll. Thank you very much. Okay, so this is one. As I said, it's not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars, and but it is. In my opinion, the best battle scene committed to a screen of any size. In my humble opinion. The best. This is the type of battle that I wish was in Star Wars. That I wish Star Wars would do. That when they announced the sequel trilogy, I'm like, I want something like this in my Star Wars. And they haven't given it to me yet. Like this. And I'm still waiting for that. I still say this franchise, despite the fact that Star Wars has wars in their title, I think this franchise does wars better than Star Wars. And I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, specifically the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. That is nice. Like I said earlier, you know, I showed it to my dad because it's literally my favorite scene in the entire franchise. So I'm like, I'm going to show you this. I was kind of biased anyway, but I'm also like, this is just a, this is the best example of like how great Lord of the Rings is, like how amazing this is. Yep. And it's just great. It's so good. It's like, it's got everything. It's got, you know, these just epic battles. It's so dark and gloomy, but you can see everything. It's not, you know, so dark and cloudy that that it's invisible cough game of thrones cough um but um you and, i didn't put that in my list yeah i don't think anybody did <laughs> no sean did sean loves them. oh he did oh okay okay fair enough fair enough glad he got some love glad he got some love um but that it's 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 dark and rainy but you still see everything's going on like it's really well done it's it's yeah. bright and, and and it's good and the whole logic of it and the fact that they're, they're they're stuck in this one place they can't go anywhere and they're just constantly being pummeled and you know them <laughs> and then it just goes from bad to worse and they keep getting the door gets gets jammed through and then they get to blow a hole in the wall and it just keeps going and going and going and then you know and you have the great comedic moments too like you know Aragorn and Gimli toss me toss me over the thing <laughs> like it's it's just in and then you have the the ending which is like so heroic because it's like okay we're just gonna ride out there like what have we got to lose we're just gonna ride out there and we're gonna take as many down with us as we can and it's it's brilliant Peter Jackson made a absolute masterpiece of a battle and it shows it still holds up the best battle ever my number one great one it's a great one like you said still holds up you watch it now and it hardly looks any different from when you originally watched it it look you could that movie could be released today and no one would notice like the special effects are still superb Mm -hmm. i agree i agree it's a it's a it's a great movie and a great list and that's that's a really great way to close out uh, the evening with those with those types of, of fives. Like, oh my gosh, each one of us mentioned Helm's Deep in this in our lists. 
Yep. I would let, hold on a second. Let me do something really quick. I'm just gonna do. Let's see. Helm. There is seven mentions of Helm's Deep. One, two. I could be, depending on the spelling, I could be missing some. There's at least seven just from other people, and then it's all in our list at various things. Number one for both me and Jake. So, like, yeah, Helm's Deep is kind of, people kind of like that scene. It's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. And that was, I'm, I'm glad I was able to hop on for that last little bit of excitement there. We all got kind of pumped about, about Helm's Deep for a second there. That was amazing. Well, okay, so... Obviously, we've got a couple segments to go before we can wrap this up. We do need to start wrapping up pretty quick, probably, because it's getting late, as uh, usual. Just a little bit. We always but, late. But I'm thinking, since Helm's Deep has gotten so much love tonight, do we do a quote from that scene? Heck yeah. I, I think I think that's appropriate. So, okay, so people, and I'm throwing this out to everyone. Keep on the chat. Get, get your get your keyboards ready. I, I want to hear some suggestions. What what bit of dialogue would you love to hear tonight? Because I can just magically make it happen. Your wish is my command. Uh, probably anything with Legolas and Gimli. I was just going to say that. Yeah, probably the whole you know exchange about you know shall I find you a box? Yes. That stuff. I think that would be good. Yeah. Either either that or the 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 conversation between Legolas and Aragorn down in the caverns before the fight starts. Mm-hmm. Where where he's like, that's Then I true. shall die as one of them. Yeah, that's really good. That's great. That's great. It'll be one of those. Just we'll find out together. We're just gonna I'm just gonna hand it over to myself in the future, future editor. And we'll find out what it actually was, and we'll see. Um, so, without further ado, here is tonight's Court of the Night. The fortress is taken. It is over. You said this fortress would never fall while your men defend it. They sealed it. They have died defending it. <laughs> No other way for the women and children to get out of the caves. Is there no other way? There is one passage. It leads into the mountains. But they will not get far. The Urukai are too many. Send word for the women and children to make for the mountain pass and barricade the entrance. So much death. What can men do against such reckless hate? Ride out with me. Ride out and meet them. For death and glory. For Rohan. For your people. The sun is rising. Look to my coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Yes. Yes. The horn of Helm Hammerhand shall sound in the deep. 
One last time. Yes! Let this be the hour when we draw swords together. Um. All right. Well, that was an incredible quote of the night from an incredible scene and just keeps getting better. And this was an amazing talk, guys. This really was. Um, I always enjoy top fives, but this one was quite the top five. And glad you could join us, Zach. You came in right at the nick of time. I, 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 I timed it perfectly. I did that on purpose. Of course you did. Of course you did. Um, seriously, though, that was like brilliant timing. We did not plan that. <laughs> it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, it, it always just ends up falling right into place. But uh, And more no. often than not. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm super grateful that people like my dad and my old co-worker Bill were able to send in lists. They're like, this is a great topic. I'm going to contribute. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Because sometimes people from other parts of my world don't um, don't contribute to the podcast as much, and it's really cool when there is a crossover like that. So you're you're like George Costanza. Worlds collide. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> much, pretty much, and and that that's always really fun. And I'm I'm bummed that I didn't get to read those lists off myself, but I'm glad that they got mentioned, and uh, I'm glad that you guys covered for me in my absence i will definitely be around for the 300th episode next week mm-hmm. uh, it's still crazy that we're actually approaching 300 that's just well, that's ridiculous here's the thing though so two weeks ago i was not here mm-hmm. the week after that jake was not here for the first part and then this week you didn't make it to the front part of the show, so I'm thinking next week none of us should be here, just to keep up the streak. I, I remember back before Jake was uh, a regular, n- neither you nor I showed up, and we just let him and Chris talk about Frasier for 45 minutes. Oh, oh I so remember fun. that. I remember that. <laughs> I loved that. That was a lot of fun. I didn't have to be there. I just edited it and listened to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just listen to other people's talks and tangents for a little bit that's always a good time and then i got a taste of that the other day because i actually i finally got around to watching holes and watched it and now i got to listen to the episode once it's actually up and i have it edited but uh yeah being a listener is weird sometimes no okay so being a listener isn't weird being a listener to your own show is yeah yeah, like, it is. Like, like it, it doesn't bother me to listen to Skywalking Through Neverland or Last Podcast on the Left or even the SWU because those aren't shows that I host, you know? But when it when it's a program that I am a part of, like, it's weird to go back and listen to my football broadcasts. It's weird to go back and listen to RIPC. It's weird going back and listening to, like, this show because it's like, oh, oh, interesting. It's even weird when... It's not you on the show. It's just you're mm. absent. Like a couple weeks ago, Star Wars on the World podcast, I showed up for like the last five minutes. I wasn't on for the majority of it. I haven't gone back and listened to it yet, not because – partially because I haven't had time, but also because like I find it really weird listening to that show when I'm not on it or just listening to it in general because I'm like I want to like chime in on the conversation and mm. I can't. 
Yeah. So it's really <laughs> awkward. Anyway, do we have another segment tonight? Is 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 this is this that time again? We do, and I actually have something to contribute this week. Ooh, yeah. Let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. Of course, get out your hashtags. Put them in the chat. Put them on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus, even if that's even a thing anymore. Oh, if that's a thing anymore. I don't I think so. Not. Yeah, just just go over there anyway. Check it out and see if they do hashtags. Do that if it even exists. It's um, still a thing. Then do the thing. <laughs> go to go to Vero. Get a Vero if you're Zack Snyder, <laughs> and you're the only person left that actually uses that platform. Okay. Um. Anyway, it is time one more time for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. All right, Mr. Arnold. You have something is, for us. Is my is my dad on the show? Did it's, he did he hop on the call? I mean, he did send in a list. He, so he, he sent a list. That is Mr. Arnold. I am just Zach. Just Mr. <laughs> I'll I'll call you Mr. Efron. Oh please, <laughs> oh, love of God! No. <laughs> He's like I'd rather be Mr. Arnold. I would rather no be, go back. I would rather be Mrs. Arnold than Mr. Efron. <laughs> It's like that meme. It's like, like, you know, go back. F, go back, go back. <laughs> press the button. You, put, you push the button, upgrade. F, run. Ah, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now Steven's going to make that into a meme. Watch us, like, watch that show up in the Peacekeeper Corps tomorrow morning. Picture this. Know. Someone pressing the upgrade button. It's a picture of Zach Arnold. Upgrade, and it's next picture is a picture of Zac Efron and the picture goes, go back, F, go back! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, okay. Tonight's edition comes courtesy of my travels as an ATM technician. I was working at this this gas station this week, and um, the, the place next door was a barbecue place. Oh, and I hadn't been anywhere for lunch in a while. And I was like, you know what? I am going to go have lunch at a restaurant instead of eating my Lunchables and sandwich that I had packed in my lunchbox because I was lazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I went to this place next door. I think it was called Smokey's Barbecue. And when I when I got to the door, there was somebody sitting in the lobby, and it turned out to be one of the two owners of the restaurant. Apparently, business had been a little bit slow, and she was just up at the front waiting for somebody to come in. And she had like these big, grandiose gestures and hand movements, like super, super excited to have me there. Jake, do you remember the episode of Seinfeld with Babu? Oh yes, yep. The, the 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 diner with the with the Pakistani food. Yeah. Brian George, yeah. And there's there's nobody there and so Brian George is just super super excited to have a customer and like waiting on him hand and foot. Oh yeah. 
that was like my experience at Smokies. Yeah. <laughs> like they were they were super, super happy to have me there. And I was like, well, I'm super, super happy to be here now. Thank you so much. <laughs> and they had like a limited menu, like only five or six items. And it was like it was like uh, I think it was a pulled pork sandwich, a, a sausage sandwich and a rack of ribs and wings and then like a sampler where you could get a little bit of everything. Oh. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be on the go. Probably best if I have a sandwich. And he said that the sausage had been smoked that day. So I was like, all right, I will try the hot links. Put it on a sandwich. Let's see what you got. This thing was like a five inch long sandwich, almost like the type of bread that you get at Subway. Damn. Okay. Oh, wow. This wasn't this wasn't like like a, a two piece bun. This was like like a like a brioche French bread kind of thing split open down the middle. And he put like four or five strips of hot links inside the bread. And and then it came with a side of fries. And then he also while he was reheating the hot links and toasting the bread he brought over just a spoon of something green. And I was like, um, he's like, just try it and tell me what you think. Lo and behold, the, the guy that was the, doing the chef stuff for the day had made his own in-house jalapeno relish. Dang. So it was, it, it tasted very much. It was the consistency of pickle relish but it had a little bit of tang to it because he threw in some mustard and it had a little bit of heat to it because it was, it was blended jalapeno instead of, instead of diced pickle. And that stuff was good. It was really tasty. And he was like, you want me to put that on the bun for you? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) So he threw that on both sides of the bun and then topped it with some uh, pickles and onions and put the slaw that usually goes in the sandwich. He usually puts the coleslaw in the sandwich with the meat. He took that and put it on the side instead of on the sandwich. So I technically ended up with two slides plus homemade jalapeno relish on my sandwich. Wow. Wow. Guess how much a meal like that should cost. Like, Ben, if, if you had something that was like the picture I sent to you guys, what do you think should be the amount charged for a meal like that? Um, over 20 bucks, probably. 20? Oh, that's that's a bit steep. I if I went to a barbecue restaurant and they charged me 20 bucks for a sandwich and fries, I don't think I'd, I'd actually buy it. <laughs> I was I was I was thinking like in the twelve to thirteen region probably. That seems more reasonable, yeah. I, like that's probably the ballpark of of what I expected it to be, and I was willing to pay it. It seemed like a small restaurant, and they told me they'd only been open for like two weeks, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's probably around the range of what this is going to be. When they rung me up for it, it was a even eight dollar tab. Damn. Even eight dollars, like the taxes and everything had been rounded right up to eight dollars even. And I was like, this is a steal. I started taking a bite in my truck, and I was like, oh my gosh, I robbed these people blind. <laughs> I paid them $8, and I did not pay them enough. Oh my gosh. 
the the sandwich was toasted to where it held everything together but not so toasted that it became like dry and crumbly and the meat even though it had been reheated it still tasted really really fresh the relish added a nice heat and and pop to the meat to the point that I got like seven eighths of the way done with this sandwich before I realized not anywhere in this box did it have any kind of barbecue sauce whatsoever. Oh, there was no sauce. It was just the, it was just the relish. That was it, and it was enough. There are very very few times that I have ever had barbecue so good that I didn't miss the sauce. This was one of those times. I did not even notice the absence of the sauce until it was too late. That's how good this barbecue sandwich was. Wow. That's awesome. It's impressive. It was so good. And I, I literally stumbled across this place by accident. Like, I was just like, yeah, sure. What the heck? I was going to, I was perfectly content to swing into a Wendy's or something. But then I looked at that and I was like, I haven't had barbecue for a while. I'll try that. And I did, and it was amazing. Sometimes the best places are just places you just, you know, you stumble upon. You just say, hey, I'll I'll give this a shot. And you're like, oh, my God, where has this place been all my life? Uh, You mean like a little place called Rob's BBQ on the side? I mean, I wasn't going to name names, but. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get there one day. Man, there there are times where I'll I'll see you guys' Facebook page say like we're open until seven PM and I'm like, I wonder if I can get it delivered by seven PM. <laughs> man, if I could get Uber Eats to do that, man, that would be fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you bring this up. And I believe I maybe I've told the story on the show before, but it's been a long time, so I'll tell it again. Um we have a customer, a lady, that's been coming to our business for Upwards of like twenty three years at this point. Wow! Like she, she, we. (laughs) Here is the thing: we started in a gas station. We have a restaurant now, but it started as a little hole in the wall thing in the back of a gas station. That's where the business started. It was a franchise from uh, North Mississippi, but then we got kicked out and all the thing, and we bought the business and moved it over to a like a real restaurant. But that was twenty years ago. So, but all this time, this one lady has been coming in, and she's been getting our food. She loves her ribs. She gets the whole thing. She comes in, you know, she makes a big deal out of it. She either, you know, she used to come in and bring her whole family to eat. Now she really doesn't do that anymore because of the whole social distancing thing. So she takes it and takes it home. But one time, 15 years ago, probably, I don't know, maybe closer to 20, she always would get our ribs, and she would just cover them in sauce. And our ribs in sauce are really good. We serve them dry, normally speaking. And people can add the sauce if they want to. They get a little cup of sauce on the side, whatever. But normally speaking, if you want it, it's there. If not, it's not. Um, but she would always just cover her ribs in sauce because that's how she liked them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one day, she was eating her ribs, and she stops and tells us, Oh my God, I didn't put sauce on this. I forgot to put sauce. And it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day I don't know I don't know if she even uses sauce anymore. It's like she realized that they didn't even need the sauce. That's awesome. And I just always thought that was funny that she like just did it by accident and ended up discovering something. 
Um, because some people like you know they'll they'll come in, like we'll put out these like you know these average size like bottles of sauce, and someone will get like a slab of ribs, and they'll go over to the stand and they'll they they'll empty the whole bottle into their container, like they'll empty the whole thing like on thing. I'm like you know most of that's gonna end up at the bottom of that container. It's not going on your ribs, but uh, some people like a lot of sauce and that's fine. But they're good without it sometimes. Yep, they can be, they can be, and in this case. Smokies was was really really tasty. So, if you guys ever come to the DFW area, I'm gonna have to take you back up there and yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll try we'll try some of that, and we'll try the the Jambo Texan. Those are the two those are the two barbecue places we gotta go. We gotta go to Smokies and we gotta go to Jambos. Heck yeah! <laughs> the meme the memes already happened. Even I gotta post it some. He already made it a meme. God, Shinder, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> I don't care if it's got language in it. This is going on our social media right now. People have to see this. <laughs> I sent it to my sister, the one who's getting married tomorrow, and she just sent me so many laughing emojis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, go to see what we're laughing at. Go to at IPC podcast on social media and you will see. You will see what we're talking about. That's actually a really good plug and a really good segue because we need to talk about our socials before we call it a night. So yeah, go follow us on social at IPC podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, go follow our personals too. If you haven't already, I am Zach, the voice Z A C H the voice on Twitter and Facebook and Zach dot the voice on Instagram. Jake, where can the folks at home keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jake W. Damon. I also have an art account, which I post to sometimes at Jexpatch, J-E-X-P-A-T-C-H. And you can find me on Twitter at Jake Damon. Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, Ben Heart Attack, where, where can folks keep up with you? They might. I mean, you you can you can email me at benhardtech at uh, gmail.com. Uh, no, 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 be careful with that. You have been spammed in that account before. No, I've already lost it, all right? It's, 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 it's old news, all right? Everybody knows it, and that's why I can't use that email address anymore because it's freaking spammed, all right? So, you know, the damage has been done. So, yeah, email me if you want because um, it won't get read because I have it turned off. Um, it's a whole thing. But, uh... If you want to keep up with me for real, you can find me at Ben Hart with Noe on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram. And also, of course, at the SW for all your Star Wars news and at Culture Slate because I've been doing a lot of stuff with them, specifically some uh, some meme compilations. I've been having some fun with that. And uh, if you want some, some spicy Star Wars memes, go over there and check those out. A lot of spicy memes, a lot of uh, articles being written, a lot of really good stuff uh, just across the board. And uh, we've got some uh, more adult-themed IPC topics on the horizon, so be sure to go follow the Phantom Empire for that, uh, because our IPC is getting ready to publish some new episodes over there. So be sure to go follow them as well. And recent episodes of this podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, CastBox, a whole bunch of places, but the primary place to find us would be ipcpodcast.podbean.com. Pod like podcast, bean like green bean, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. There is a patron button where you can find out ways to financially contribute to the program as well. But uh, if you want access to our entire library of nearly 300 episodes, you can find all of that 
over at the Podbean hosting site. So be sure to check that out. Find us on socials. And we'll see you next week for the 300th celebration. Oh my gosh. Guys, it's actually here. We're actually getting ready to celebrate 300 episodes of the- It's happening! It's crazy. 300. And we've just about decided that all we're doing is partying. Like, it's it's literally just going to be a party. We're, we're going to find ways to, to celebrate with people, to take trips down memory lane and look at previous topics that we've had, previous top fives that we've had. Um, we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to do uh, some promos, you know, all kinds of, of really crazy cool stuff. But it's literally going to be like super chill, super fun, uh, just just hanging out and celebrating the achievement. And then when we get to 301, eh, we'll start over and, and do more reviews and discussions and stuff. But next week, we're going to have a party, baby. Oh, yeah. Party time. Party rock. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> to just have a good time yep that's gonna be us next week so be sure to follow us on channel1138.com for all the fun and who knows maybe we'll find ways for you guys to join the celebration as well so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that but that's all gonna be coming next week here on the IPC podcast guys unless you got any final thoughts I think we can call it a night this was awesome. We did it. We conquered a bunch of, and, and thanks to everyone who contributed and sent in their list because they were awesome. And these are always fun. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Very, very true. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Episode 299 is now officially in the books. For Jake Damon and Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold, and I joined late, but I made it all the way to the end, so ha! And we hope to see you next time here on IPC, and until then, we're just going to leave you with this final thought. What is lost is often found. And we hope to find you celebrating with us next week, right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone.
I'm a good actor. I'm a good actor. I once pretended that I had seen Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when I hadn't actually not seen Captain America, the Winter Soldier, on this very podcast. I am an actor. <laughs> Give me an Oscar. I almost forgot you did that. Yeah, I BS my way through it. I pretended I, I had never seen V for Vendetta. I also, um, I also talked about a full-length movie once when I actually hadn't seen the full-length movie on this podcast one time. Um, I'm not going to reveal that tonight, though. <laughs> 